Listen, I'm in town on a real estate deal, closing one night. I got five stops to make, collect signatures, see some friends, and then I got a 6 a.m. out of LAX. Why don't you hang with me? Oh, the car's not for hire, man. That's against regs. Regulations? Yeah. These guys don't pay you sick leave. How much you pull down a shift? Oh. How much? Three fifty-four hundred. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what. I'll make it six hundred. Uh, Plus an extra hundred, you get me to LAX, and I don't have to run for the plane. No, no, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you do. I don't know, man. Yeah, you do. Six hundred. Cool. We got a deal. Here's three hundred down. What's your name? Max. Max. I'm Vincent. upon a time I was of the mind to lay your burden down leave you where you stood you believed I could you'd seen it done before hey guys Welcome to the Film Effect Podcast. We take all things film to the full effect. I'm Ed. With me at this time is my cinematic life mate and cab driver, Sean. Good morning, Film Effect. And if you're a fellow cinephile like us, or even a casual fan of movies in general, then you're at the right place. We're a weekly podcast that does deep dives and touches lives each and every single week, focusing on a particular film each episode in an effort to give it that full film effect treatment. But before we start our five-stop route for Salt and Pepper Cruise, <laughs> I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on our website at podpage.com slash the-film-effect-podcast as well as all major platforms, direct link in the episode notes. And speaking of platforms, you can help us out tremendously by using Apple Podcasts or wherever feasible to leave us a five-star rating and review when the show's over because it helps us in so many ways and we just love hearing from you guys. All right, Sean, what is that famous Facebook and Instagram link Easy, Easy enough, my friend. That's the Film Effect Podcast. All right, and how about that Twitter handle? Add Film Effect Pod. And email. The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. So I mentioned before we went on the air how I was at, uh, I, I got a lot of movies, digital codes I got to add to the library. Yeah, I'm looking Re- forward to it. The reason for that is because your favorite place, Best Buy, has decided God. to have themselves a little Black Friday sale early. When I woke up this morning to news that pretty much, I want to say half of their new release library and and. When I say new release, I mean like in the last calendar year, everything's $9.99, 4K. So we got, what did I pick up? That new one, the the Green Knight. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about because I've seen I've seen that on like like the is that Prime. what it's called? I haven't I, watched it yet. I, I know it was... of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean because I saw it on like it, it, it's a Prime or something like that. One of those you know now available to rent type thing. Um, but it doesn't. I don't know. It's, it, it, I barely know what it's about. I don't know that it even it, it's. It was a blind buy for me. Yeah. So I, I got that. Um, I got everyone's favorite film, Fast Nine. Or wait, F F Nine. What the fuck is this? Who gives a shit? The final Fast Saga. The Fast Saga. Dude, yeah, I, I, you and you, you and that fucking car <laughs> horn. 
Um, I'm telling you, man, if the next one's not called Fast 10 Your Seat Belts, there's no reason for anybody to buy a goddamn ticket. Hey, look, that's man, a missed that, opportunity. That, that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> um, what else did I get? Uh, Ghostbusters 4K. That oh, was nice. on sale. Uh, Home Alone. And then while I was at it, I got Home Alone 2 on Blu-ray for 5 bucks because it's Home Alone 2, and I'm actually more of a fan of that one than the first. Um, Mortal Kombat... The new one? Yeah. Not cool. What else did I get? Uh, was it nine ninety nine? but they were selling uh, Black Christmas, the original, the Scream Factory disc. Nice. For 15 bucks, so I scooped that up. Good old Bob Clark. And then, um, oh, Godzilla, the 2014 4K. That, um, yeah, okay. Uh, the one with uh, Brian Cranston. Right one. In a starring, not starring role. <laughs> yeah, right. First thing after Breaking Bad, he puts asses in seats and he's gone the first 30 minutes. Motherfuckers are pissed. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we all were on what movie all <laughs> together. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I will say, though, I mean, the, the, the MonsterVerse kind of shaped up after that one. Like, that was, you know. Oh, I dig it. Yeah, that was the last one I had to get. That I was have... like toes in the water there, but then, like, I, I don't know about you, but, but but fucking Godzilla versus Kong was a fucking hoot, man. Oh, I loved it. I have <laughs> that. I have King of Monsters, yeah. and I haven't gotten the, 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 the first one yet, and I finally, because that. Oh, and I got Willy Wonka 4K. Nice. So, they had that for 9 I'm like, holy shit, so I got that. Yeah, man. Um... So yeah, guys, if Best Buy, go get at it. I don't know if it's for a day or for, for a week, but all I know is at the time of this recording, it is going down. Speaking of going down, just work. I don't even know what day it is, dude. Seriously. It's 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 been whirlwind. Tis well, the season. Been, I'm kind of glad I'm, I'm not in the biz right now. Tis the season, yeah. Gang, if you don't work in retail, I envy you. <laughs> Although, fortunately, you guys are... Not only that, closed on Thanksgiving. I, mean, I, mean, I would have to come in there and be like, I can't believe they got you here. I'm like, I wouldn't have to peer if you weren't the asshole. I mean, not only that, I've, I've been making some, uh, let's just say, I've been making moves behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. Stuff I don't want to announce yet, but uh, no, let's just, you know, I'm moving some some p- checks, chess pieces around. I don't know how to play chess, but I'm moving pieces around. <laughs> so someone told me I'm doing a good job. And yeah, so that's been that. So let's talk succession. <laughs> I think succession, was, succession, succession. This this is the best written episode yet, in my opinion. I just, I it was like I literally found my. I I, I watched it last night, late last night, and I must have spent two hours on a sixty minute episode because I keep like every couple scenes. I would cue something back just to rewatch it. Just the, the, it was just such great dialogue. You know, yeah. It was, I mean, I was cracking up. The entire episode was phenomenal. It um, was, it, it, I, it was. I, I think, think it was the best between one. last week's and this week's. That there was a, a left-right combo that the show's given us as viewers. I really <laughs> enjoyed last week and seeing Adrian Brody. I got a feeling yes, though, that was gonna, I got a feeling that though, that was his only appearance this season. I don't think we're going to see him again. You don't think Aronson's coming? Yeah, I, I've Why? read some interviews. His with purpose him. was for. To be convinced for his four percent, and they failed, and that was it. And he wasn't even on this episode. So. No, no, I, did. I think it was I, the one I, I thought he was. We still got to see Alexander Sarsgaard. Yeah, true, true. He's still, you know, he's in the wind it. somewhere. I know, yeah. he's, I know, he's, I know, he's in the season. Um, yeah, no, it's just like I said, just especially. Obviously, Roman's my favorite character. Calkin does a hell of a job with him, and he's just so fucking quick witted with the insults. Yeah. Oh, oh, great. Carl's vamping. (laughs) 
So it's funny because... It was the piss man king of England. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite character has evolved every episode. Every season, I have a different favorite character. <laughs> First season, it was definitely Tom. Season two, I loved... Um, um, oh my god. Rock. Jerry. Rock. Oh, Connor. Connor. Yeah. I was going to say Colin for some reason. Yeah, Colin. Connor. Yeah, he's season probably, 2 he's, was Connor. Yeah, he didn't have a lot to do in the I first. hate him this season, though, except for the donuts in the episode. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he wouldn't poison the donuts. Yeah, but this season, it's definitely Kendall. I I'm love Ken. Just, I'm Team Kendall. I just, I, I'm, team, I, I'm Team Roman. All and I know I'm Romulus. on a lonely boat here. But I just love seeing Kendall just... He started out so high this season, and now he's just... I mean, his breaking point was definitely in the control room. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. after the, the bombshell and shit. Yeah, because he or, thought he was going to go in there and, like, like roast himself, and then it just... It, it shit Shiv just bed. fucking bla- just blew that back in his face. Uh-huh. Fucking um, evil motherfucker. But, yeah, it's this season... I'm, I'm definitely a Kendall fan. I'm enjoying this, you know. And uh, I've told you this before too. Like, I, there's something about the Stewie character I just love. I love his, I like, just, his I, arrogance. I, I, I love how he's his forward, his forwardness. I love it when he just he's, he's he with did. Kendall. Anytime him and Kendall were together, and Kendall just he's got that Kendall like stutter and shit. And like, I'm just looking like I put he, myself in Stewie's shoes. He delivered. Shoes, like, he delivered a, 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 a good line this this week was when they were coming into the shareholders meetings on the phone. With he Ken. always calls Kendall Allen's bullshit. Right. He's always and, the first to say but bullshit, was, but I'll listen. Right. Right. But he what is he? He called Sandy like the world's angriest vegetable. Yes. Or something. Yes. Yeah. That was great. So this Sandy character now has syphilis. Where'd that come from? It's out of nowhere. No, well, they I know. They're like, didn't we? Didn't didn't we start that? Like it was a. It, it, <laughs> I mean, they were. There was a lot of jabs at him this this episode. Poor guy. He called him a meat puppet. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, Romulus all the way, dude. And I love the <laughs> fact that he named his daughter as himself right. Sandy. She, it's Sandy's. Which one? The one who can talk? Oh God! <laughs> when the phone. Rang. So yeah, I said it before and I'll say it again, gang. If you're not watching Succession, you're doing it all wrong. It is. Now, I got something for you, pal. I, I came across this yesterday, um, last night, after, you know, getting my fix on Succession. And I'm pissed off. I got to wait a week now like the rest of you schnooks. Hey, man, so, before you know it, it's going to be all over. So I know, I know. Save so it up. Check, check this out. I stumbled over to Paramount+. Plus. Have you heard about this mayor of Kingstown? I heard about the first episode and the twist that it's, happened. Well, it's, it, the first two are up. It loaded this week, so they kind of, you know, they, it's like a drug dealer. They give you they give you a nice taste. It's a dude. Check it out. It's a good That's show. That's just another show I got to get into. I'm just saying. It's I know. Good, I, but I, I it's, believe, I, there's no doubt that it's great. I'm it's, sure it is. It, it, it really is. And it, you know, the, you know the premise? Like what the, what basically what the show's about? I know the brothers, Renner so, and... So and, Renner, yeah, Jeremy Renner and um, Kyle Chandler are brothers, um... Kingstown is is I'm assuming a suburb of Detroit. Although there's a couple of pickup shots, I it's swear Detroit. they filmed at the port of, of Baltimore. What's in Michigan? Okay, so I'm assuming I it's, thought it was it's, Chicago, but go no, on. no, no. It's 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 the you see, you see Michigan uh, plates yeah. on the cars. I'm not that. So it. essentially, like it's this ten. There's basically seven prisons within a ten square mile radius. So basically, Kingstown is a prison town, and um, you know the the, the McCluskey brothers. There at first, I thought they kind of like rank because you know the prison industrial complex is all pretty much privately owned now it's all you know corporate 
at first that was my assumption was like they they own the chain but it's not that's not the case they're it's weird it's like they're like liaisons between the inmates and you know the community if you will and there's some crooked corrupt shit going on there but it's and, and I'm surprised like Jeremy Renner's in this thing and I had no, I had never even heard of it like I switched over I saw I saw this you know trailer on Paramount Plus last night and it kind of intrigued me, so I went and, you know, did a more info button or whatever. Sure enough, the damn thing just loaded, I think, yesterday, and the first two episodes are up. So if you like Succession, dude, it's it's another one of those, like, well-written, well-crafted, mm-hmm. well-staged, you know, and it's a different take on the prison genre. It's not Oz, and it's not, I'll you probably, know, Orange is the New Black, but I, th- I think you would like it. I, I think can't you stand should, that show. It's me neither. I mean, Oz was great, but Orange is the New Black, I just couldn't yeah. give a shit about. But now, yeah, Mayor of Kingstown, man, check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a spin it's, one of these days. It's definitely, you know, I'm a little pissed, again, because I, th- I didn't know Paramount was doing the, the whole weekly thing. I thought they would have dumped a 10-episode season like Ozark does on Netflix. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was a little mad that I only got two episodes out of it last night. It's I, I it's definitely well worth your time. I really liked it. Cool. All right. Let's do shout-outs. Yep. Shout-out to his family. I just have one this week, and it's another personal one. Just my mom. Uh, she's been really fucking supportive of this Ms. podcast. Patty. And the respect she's been giving me since I started this podcast, like, just... Mom, I know you're not listening. Nah, we love you, Miss Patty. But uh, yeah, I love you. I love you so much. Even though I know she's not listening, I, I still love her. So that's that. Yeah. Current events. Lethal Weapon Five is going to be directed by Mel Gibson. Yeah, I read that a little bit ago when you were on the way over. Thoughts? Um, well, apparently, cancel culture doesn't exist anymore. I mean. <laughs> we been canceling the shit out of Gibson since before, since before we get to Green. I mean, don't say we because I haven't. Been. I, you know what I mean. I, 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 I haven't either. But I'm saying like it's, I thought I, mean, I, I, I thought he yeah, was persona non grata, but I guess not. I don't support his actions. Fucking 18 years ago. Is that how long it's been? 2004. I thought when he got when he got shit faced and made all those anti-Semitic comments and sugar. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it was. Either way, it's coming up on 20 years. I mean, oh, shit. yeah, you're right. He's 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 been taking his tomatoes and and just speaking of Mel, did you ever see that? I think it was a Dennis Leary bit that he did. I want to say it was at like the some right after the whole sugar incident, right? Mm-hmm. He did the song. It's all about Mel Gibson and the shit he was going through. It's called I Like Tequila. Have you ever seen this? It, I've heard it. It's it's like it. It, it comes up and gets taken down on YouTube quite a bit. Yeah, it's a really I, good like it. fan shot. Cause I think he did it at like Toronto uh, Comedy Festival or something. But it is funny as shit. Getting <laughs> fucking leery just rips into Mel the whole the whole song. It's funny as hell. It's up there with asshole. Um, um, so yeah, I I did read that he. I didn't even know there was a fifth one in development before. Was yeah, it yeah. in development before Donner passed? Donner was going to do it. He was like kind of yeah. you know putting the band back together, and then yeah. you know tragedy struck. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, on the subject of Gibson, real quick, I'm just going to say this. Uh, he had that spurt in the aughts after everything that happened in his personal affairs. He suffered for it, didn't do anything, uh, in, in movie wise until 
2010 with Edge of Darkness, which I am a huge supporter behind well, get, that movie. It, get, get the Gringo was before that. No, it wasn't. No, his, I thought it his, was. His comeback film was Edge of Darkness because me and my brother Andrew went to the movies to you, see. You're, you're all about that movie. I it could not get so into it. Good. I could not. I like Get the Gringo. I could not get into Edge of Darkness. You wouldn't shut up about it. After seeing it, I was like, man, what? I, I, I don't know. I just didn't find the appeal I just thought it. it was a great film, a great adaptation, I should say. Um, and yeah, and wasn't, and it, and did, did, then, wasn't it a remake? Or it, was a, it, it's a, it was a British uh, okay. show or, or, or film or something. Right, right. I'm pretty sure it was based off a novel altogether. Okay. Uh, but don't quote me on that last part. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, he hasn't made... They haven't all been winners. I mean, I'm looking at you, Expendables 3. <laughs> but, oh they did a third one. Even and Daddy's it. Home 2. I tried, you know, I tried I, I, I tried to to start watching a I'm Daddy's not surprised, Home Mr. Playing With Fire. Uh, fuck off, dude. Those movies, I didn't make it 15 minutes into the first Daddy's Home, and I just Me and my off. daughter watched the first one. A couple, when are you and your daughter going to watch Playing With Fire? It's funny. Well, she's kind of old for that. Now, no, it's not. So. I'm telling you, you get a kick out of okay. it. Okay, I'm telling you, man. So, I really thought the movie was right. funny shit. Weekly recommends. Spoiler alert: It's not playing with fire. <laughs> what would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So I finally sat down and watched the hit that mm. film I was telling you about in '84, yeah, Terrence Stamp, right, right, and John Hurt. Yeah, and very think? young, very young Tim Roth. Holy shit, he was young in that movie. He yeah. was kind of like the loose cannon of the pair. Because him and Hurt are the hit, man. Was that around the time he did Cook the Thief, His Wife, or Lover? No, this is five years prior. Prior hit, to that. This came out in 84. Okay. Um, Greenway. That came out in 89. Was it 89? I thought it was 89. Yeah, 89. 89. Peter Greenway. So, um, it's a good movie. It's enough for me to recommend it. Personally, it's a one and done for me. Yeah. I, I'm probably never going to go back and rewatch it again. I, 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 I know like of it. it. I can't say I've ever seen it. I have to borrow your copy. Um, yeah, it's just, it's different. It, it you know, it's a, it, obviously it's a British film and uh, take, that takes place in uh, Spain, I believe. Yeah, because every time you mention it, I keep thinking back to that, that, that big hit movie with, with fucking Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, and Mark Spain. Walter. I was right. Spain. So, and it's, I don't know, it's a different movie than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like Terrence Stamp is like 10 years after pretty much turning in and turning out from the, the, the hitman life, uh, just laying low in Spain and then enter John Hurt and Tim Roth as a couple of hitmen, one old, one young and dumb, huh. who were after him. and, right. and okay. But they get him right away. It's like the opening scene, and the whole movie is like a road trip across Spain to get like to to back to London. Okay. Um, and it's I don't know. It, Three and I'm on the road. Huh? Yeah, it's 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 more of a road trip, and it's not okay. right. It's not to say it was a good movie. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Right on. But well, again, I'm recommending it because I just want everyone else to you know maybe. Check it out if you're curious and, and uh, express your own opinion. Yeah, let me let me borrow your copy. Maybe next time you come over to record, bring it with you. Um, I got, it's, I, we were just talking about it um, uh, a little bit ago, you and I. Um, I watched uh, Francis Ford Coppola's A Conversation this morning. Great little flick. I kind of, because I went on like a Kazal kick yeah. this weekend. Okay. Like, and you know, you know, you know how many films that guy got in the can? Five. 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 I own every damn one and of them. And guess what? And all of them are fucking great. All of them. He all got 
Academy Award nominated. Uh, yeah, for. that guy. I, can you just imagine? That's why he is the greatest actor ever. I, I, hands down. And can five you just roles, imagine? Five nominations. Can you imagine where he would be if he if he were able to if he were still with us? He'd be the male Meryl Streep. Speaking I, of Peter pretty, yeah, and and well, they were together when she, when I, he passed. I know, yeah, I they know. were engaged. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, because I had, I did Deer Hunter. I'd watched Deer Hunter the other day, and then it's you know, like, it's almost his, like he passed his like greatness off to her pretty much dude he just uh, uh, but, i mean all in all so that, that's kind of what <clears throat> excuse me led me into it because i had uh you know i did the deer hunter and um um oh fuck dog day afternoon and i was just like you know what let me, let me fire up you know i hung out with harry call in a while great little flick man a little it, it kind of it, and, and what i liked about what coppola was doing because this is back when he was you know they were you know they're Hollywood brats, you know, and um, paranoid little little thriller. But he's kind of playing with the sound the way that they the, the way that the Palma did with right. you know, with, with Blowout. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Which yeah. was obviously a remake of what was it, Fellini's Blow Up? I've got to re- rewatch that. What Blowout? I haven't seen Blowout. In oh so God, long. I fuck it! I got the Criterion. I've been you, wanting, That's what I've been waiting for. You, you, since, I, since I got the sales going on now. I'm going to probably buy it in the next couple weeks. I mean, I, I was going to say, I got, it's, it's right up there. My Criterion. You can you can borrow it if you want. Um, yeah, it's fucking. It's that's probably it's starting to become my favorite De Palma film. Hmm. You know, I just I don't know. I, I I've really never like sat it. back and thought, what's my favorite the Palmer? It's 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 a lot to chew There's on. It lot. really is. Yeah, you know, it's a lot to chew on because I think because I remember like Blowout and uh, Dress right. to Kill both came out the same day and I picked them up. It was, you know, I, I picked them. It was before I was working at Best Buy, but I picked them up there that Tuesday. Um, so yeah, that was that was my recommend is is Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation starring Gene Hackman. I mean, speaking of him, I just picked up his debut film, Dementia Thirteen. Um, yeah, I remember you. Were, I you sent were, you that you, screenshot you in, in the group chat. Between yeah, you yeah, and you Justin. mentioned it. I I had it. Um, I had it on uh, Christmas one year. It's probably about almost twenty years ago. Somebody got me a DVD set. It was basically fifty greatest horror classics. Yeah, yeah, and it was like the real skinny DVD cases. So yep. they they crammed like fucking five movies per disc. So, uh, but Dementia Thirteen was part of that. Okay. Well, now, if I'm being Santa Claus and you are Pedro, how do you think Jolly Santa Claus would feel if one day Pedro came into his office and said, I lost the list? How fucking furious do you think he would get? This is collateral. You know, if you just listened to me, we'd be all bogged down in traffic right now, and you would have made yourself an extra five bucks. Yeah, well, you keep that five bucks, buy something special. I'll take it. I got five stops to make. What's your name? Max. Max. I'm Vincent. I'll meet you in the alley behind the building. Oh, no! What the hell? You killed him. Red light, Max. Hold on, hold on. Man, you were going to drive me around tonight and never be the wiser, but we're in the plan B. Now, we got to make the best of it. Improvise, adapt to the environment. Whatever, man, we gotta roll with it. You just met him once and you kill him like that? What, I should only kill people after I get to know them? 
I'm not up for this. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? There's a man named Vincent. I got another deal, Wade. He's already killed witnesses. He's coming to kill you. Max! I do this for a living! What's going? What's my work? Gotta roll with it. Adapt. Get your hands in the air! That's funny coming from you. Slow down! Shoot me! In Collateral, a cab driver finds himself the hostage of an engaging contract killer as he makes his rounds from hit to hit during one night in Los Angeles. Alright, first time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time. So, technically, that's my second time. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to... Suck at it. So if I'm not up to... Um, I bought it on DVD. Oh, um, didn't see it in the theater, huh? No, I did not. I did not. Um, I remember, you know, I was reading about it. It was it was getting a lot of talk because it was like, if I'm not mistaken, it was, it wasn't it? It was definitely man's we're gonna, first... We're going to get the story time. I'm bringing all that up. So okay. hold that thought. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so it's I, I bought it on DVD. And, you know, obviously, because uh, I'd been reading good things about it. Like, it's, it's, I don't think we've really ever seen Tom Cruise play a villain. So I was curious about that. It's the third time. <coughs> Excuse me. Because uh, interviewed the vampire. I was thinking about that, but he's more like a glammy anti-hero in that. I wouldn't even so much as call Lestat a villain, but I guess you're right. And then what? Would you consider his role in Taps villainous? It's been so long since I've seen Taps. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was more of an ensemble. I read somewhere with, this was with, his third villain. With Timothy Hutton and stuff. I mean, yeah. I, 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 actually, funny I've enough, never I'd, seen Taps. So. I'd start, I started it not too long ago. It was on one of the services like HBO or something. Um, and I, I, I started it but never never, never finished it. Um, I don't know. Would you consider Les Grossman a villain? I think that's his greatest role ever. Oh, wow. That's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm the, hands down. That, that's my favorite Tom Cruise performance. It's fucking Les Grossman right. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> uh, now, nah, for me, opening night. I remember it. Did you? Like it was yesterday. Yeah. Me, Corey, a couple of other friends, my ex at the time who I was with, we all went that night. Mm. Um, it was a film that I was really anticipating uh, for numerous reasons, which uh, reminds me. Story time. Like my story? No, not your story. A story. Since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? No. All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit, but it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go. So I first heard about this in 2002 when it was announced um, with Adam Sandler in the cab driver max role. yeah i remember that and, and that was right off that was coming off punch drunk love mm-hmm. so i'm like okay i really dig this movie i know he's got the dramatic acting chops so michael mann tom cruise adam sandler sign me the fuck up yeah interesting uh and and cruise as a villainous hitman no less like i was all in on this movie and they hadn't even went to the production yet 
So this was like I was saying, is something that I was really anticipating. And then I want to say a year, maybe not even that long later. Uh, I can't remember the time frame, but Sandler dropped out, and then they brought in uh, Jamie Fox. But I was still on board. It was still a Michael Mann movie with Tom Cruise in a villainous role, and it, the plot sounded really fun. You know, Hitman is a, taking the cab driver hostage, making him make all of his stops. I was like, it's kind of brilliant. I like this. It's going to be a fun ride. And sure enough, you know, as we're about to get into, it was indeed that opening night. Yeah, I was really, yeah, I was really looking forward to this. So, all right, so live top five. Rob, it's your turn. Okay, I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Hey. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Off of Nevermind. Oh no, Rob, that's not obvious enough, not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a... Shut up, shut up. <laughs> white Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though and not on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection, the song is Radiation oh. Ruling the Nation. Alright, this week, top five favorite Michael Mann movies. Number five for me is Public Enemies, a movie that gets overlooked often and uh... When people that do talk about it don't really have many good things to say. Uh, my brother will vouch for me. We saw this together uh, when in the theater. Uh, liked it. Big fan. I mean, I, I like Depp as Dillinger. Uh, and then Christian Bale after him. Yeah, it was this, a lot of cameos in this that, was too. When, was, this was, was when Shannon Tatum was starting kind of on the uprise. And right. then I was like, oh, he's Pretty Boy Floyd. And then he's Steven in one Dorf, scene. Right, Stephen Dorff's in one scene, Stephen too, Dorf's, right? No, Stephen Dorff's in like a, a good chunk of the movie, it, actually. Okay. It's been a while. It was it Roy Cochran who I was looking forward to seeing in this movie. He really didn't have that much. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, we yeah. talked about how much I like his work. Yeah, so that, um, I, that, was, on, that was my honorable mention. Was public enemies. You're right. Um, it, it, it gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, it's, it is kind of a, you know, shiny, glossied up, you know, now my problem is it's got, he, that he was still, that was a tail end of man's like filming digital era. Right. And it didn't feel right. This movie for the time era. uh, I was like, this is weird. It's yeah, it's like, all glossy. I, I gave my, I'm expecting I, I, like pops and scratches. I gave Miami Vice a pass with the method. I don't think he did it for Ali. Um, but then he did it with this, and I'm like, ah, why? So, I mean, minor qualm. Uh, what's your five? Uh, the Insider. Hmm, all right. Seen it? It's the one man film I've never seen. It's uh, actually, I think it's on Max. Um, I know it, it is. It, it I is. was going to say, I just put it on my list and seen it in a while. Um, but, you know, it's a p- true story about Jeffrey Wigand, a whistleblower for Big Tobacco, went on to 60 Minutes, and, you know, Pacino plays. Well, it's Russell Crowe is, you know, Wigand, and Pacino's the producer on, on 60 Minutes. Basically, it's about him, you know, he kind of puts himself in the crosshairs and his life on the line when he blows a whistle against you know, big tobacco's practices, mm-hmm. you know, because he goes on national press. He's like, uh, yeah, they know it's deadly and they're making it addictive on purpose to make money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, and, and uh, until putting the list together, I forgot there was a man flick. I just liked the film, oh, yeah. you know. Um, number four is Miami Vice. It's just a fun movie. <clears throat> I've always dug Miami Vice. I, I, mm. And I've always, I've always liked the soundtrack for the movie as well, too. 
Well, I, was, I, I love the show. I wanted to put the show on there because it was like man's well, early work. When I but. first saw Miami Vice, I did not like it. It took me about two or three watches. So to I got to give fan. it another. Maybe I should give it another run. I think I've maybe. only seen it the one time. Yeah, um, I saw it when it first came so out. So it didn't even make the list for me because of that. All right. Uh, my number four is this one, Collateral. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, three for me is Thief. Right on. Previous episode. Check it out, gang. Yeah, it's a great episode. Yeah. Um, my number three is Manhunter. All right. You know, the original adaptation mm-hmm. of Thomas Harris's Red Dragon. Brian Cox, Logan Roy himself Roy, Roy, is Roy Hannibal Logan. Lecter. Yeah. With uh, with William Peterson. William as, Peterson as uh, as 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 Will Will Graham. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, Manhunter. And I remember there was a little. There was a short period of time where they tried to rebrand it as Red Dragon. Yeah. You know, for like a couple of years, it would come on cable as Red Dragon, Didn't and then work. No, no. Um, so yeah, Manhunter was my number. Tom three. Noonan, gotta mention. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's the Tooth Fairy. Fuck yeah, our yeah. boy Noonan. Yeah, man. Uh, my number two is this film, Collateral. Right on. Uh, mine is gonna be Heat, just for reasons well known. Guys, go back to the episode of February. You'll find out why. My number one is Heat. What the fuck is your number one? I said then? my number two is Heat. I know. What the fuck's your number one then? Oh Jesus Christ! You really got it. You oh, you didn't re- say thief yet. That's right. Okay. You. I was gonna say you really okay, had to so ask that question. You're, you're in a thief better than Heat. Uh, I just, okay. dude, you know how I am with Thief, man. That movie just grabbed me by the boo boo last year, and I wouldn't shut up about it. I'm just like, I, I can't. I can't say enough okay. about how much I love Michael Mann's Thief. Right. So yeah, yeah I kind of thought. I, I thought you figured that would have been my number one. I know. I'm sure most of the listeners do. Like, oh, Sean's gonna put Thief at the top. Yeah, I mean, I thought <laughs> maybe number two. Yeah, I didn't no. think it was gonna be number one. No, it was. I thought he was, was the one. If I hadn't seen Thief, he would have been number one. But but I'm sorry, you know, Thief just. Edges out heat. I don't even want to say by a nose. It, you know, Jimmy Conn kicks, you know, kicks De Niro and Pacino out by a mile, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. But Thief, I just, I can't fucking say enough good things about it. We spent three hours saying good things about it back in May. <laughs> so you guys should give that one a listen too. Let's talk about collateral. Alright, so the film kicks off. We got Vincent, Tom Cruise at the airport coming in town. Uh, and he passes a familiar face, a Mr. Jason, Jason Statham. Statham. Yeah, what was that stunt casting all about? Like just like that, just... That's, his character from the, that's his character Frank from the transport, apparently. Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, he's got the same look and everything. Okay. I've never seen any one of the movies, but uh, I, I saw know the, the I think I saw the first one. I know the look, so and, and I've heard in interviews and stuff that it's kinda like it's one of those unofficial things that yeah. Like he's Frank Frank just, Martin. Frank, Frank's in, in in town for, you know, some sort of job and just bumps Vincent yeah, in the air. The airport man's supposed to be it's the guy who pays him essentially is supposed to be Frank Martin. Okay. Because they dropped the suitcase, the briefcase. I got you. I got you. Okay, so that's... that's that, that makes sense. Swap right there, that's right. That's it. right. Yeah. yeah, okay, so that makes sense. That All makes right. sense. I I didn't... I, 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 I forgot that it was a briefcase swap there. Now that you say that, it makes total They're sense. so secretive, they fucking fooled you. So. Yeah, right, exactly. Right under my nose. 7.30 this morning. And then we got... It's kind of happening... Um, 
together with we're kind of cutting back and forth between mm-hmm. this and, and Max, who is uh, Jamie Foxx, getting ready for his shift as the cab driver, taxi driver for uh, Los Angeles. And yeah, he's like sitting in the sitting in the. You see uh, the, him the, like the, start the, depot, the shift. Like he goes doing in, his crosswords he and shit. Like you know, gets into his cab and gets it all. But he's meticulous though. Like yeah, he's, he's, like that that cab that cab is. And I'd like be the same way. Top notch, nice. When I clean. drove for Lyft, I was the same way before yeah. the shifts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's your office for eight hours a day there. Yeah, you know so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You. You. You wanted to be the way you like it. Yeah. So that's. And it's. We are. We're intercut back and forth between Vincent and and Max getting started on their evening in L.A. Yeah. Which is going to come together uh, ahead sooner. <laughs> it's going to collide. So we got Debbie Mazar mm-hmm. and Bodie Elfman in the back seat. See, I couldn't recognize him. I did pick up it was. Yeah, Mazar. it's Bodie Elfman. It's Jenna Elfman's brother. Okay. Uh, Jenna Elfman from uh, what was that show from the Dharma and Greg. From the 90s. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Can't hardly wait. She was the stripper. Um, but yeah, she uh, uh, has nothing to do with this movie. Her brother, Bodie, is the Right, is, and, is and Mazar's in it just for that scene. I was like, I mean. They're a bickering couple. And he's just sitting there, and you see him kind of like look up at his uh, picture. Because we see him before he pulls out of the, the cab place, wherever the hell the place it's is called. The depot. Cab depot. The depot. He has this photo on rubber band to his visor and it's this uh this island this like beach. in the Maldives. Yes. And, uh, that that'll it's come into play later on. Yeah. So he kind of like looks up at that as a reminder, you know, just gotta keep on pushing. Yeah, it just helps him tune just out the bullshit. the bullshit. Exactly. So he drops them off and then he picks up uh, Jada Pinkett. She's a lawyer. She's on the phone. He's, you know, t- brings up the directions to where she's going. It was downtown LA. I love this direction banner between uh, Jada and Fox. It, 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 it turns into a bet, essentially. Hold on. Take Sepulveda to Slauson to La Brea. Take La Brea North to 6 into downtown. So what? You'll be up late. I'm pulling an all nighter too, so save the tears. We'll take the 105 east to the 110, that's fast. What? Is that the 105 to the 110? That'll get you that quicker. The 110 turns into a parking lot around USC. But once you get to La Brea, north of Santa Monica, then it's jammed. The 110 north of the 10, you get people driving to Pasadena, and they drive slow. Yeah, they do, but what I do is I get off on Grand, and then I, uh... Hey, surface rolls is what you want, that's what we'll do. Are we taking bets? Are we? And what if you're wrong? I don't think I would be wrong, but if I am, the ride's free. Right, of you know he he she like gives him these directions like go here 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 and here and he goes. It's uh, a natural interaction between two people from out South LA who right. are just kind of like um, they they know their roads. It's kind of like how we would be with Baltimore, right? Or New know York what or time game. of day is the best yeah. way to go. Like, you know your city. Right. You know you know what, what routes are the best. Right. So it just feels very real. Yeah, and there's a, there's a cool line of dialogue between them too, because like he just like deduces she's an attorney and, and she asks him how he goes. What does he say? He's uh, man gets in my cab with a sword. I assume he's a sushi chef. You know, so it's it's some, some it, there's it, some it, clever dialogue in this movie. There is, there is. So yeah, on the way uh, we hear this song from uh the, the it's a group called the Groove Armada, and it's the song's called Hands of Time. 
And he, <laughs> she asked him to turn it up, and he's like, oh, you like the classics? And I'm like, that song's from 2002. Right, it is a classic. And it's a couple white guys who are in a goddamn, they're DJs. Right. Not in a groove armada. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's that. The, this song is, and it, it it does sound like an old-time like soul it song. Does. It really it does. does. But it, it, if you knew who did it, it's nothing like what it sounds. Yeah, at the time, the song was maybe four years old. And he's like, yeah, you like the classics. It's two years old, literally. <laughs> So he gets her. This is where the interaction between her and Vincent, because he drops her off, and right. bef- when he when he drops her off, I should mention they're making small talk. He talks about his vacation, and he talks about his business. He's saving up for this uh, island limos. Island limos. Yeah, he's thing. putting his money away to start it to start his own you know charter limousine company. And there's there's some great pickup shots as they're driving. Obviously, come down the highway. Great and, pickup shots. And yes. it's where I made the note. Michael Mann loves L.A. Yeah, and he just he's like he just gets a hard on for shots of that city. I'd be the and same way shows. with Baltimore. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's that city love, you know. You, you yeah, he you have it or you don't. Yeah, he loves Michael Mann loves his hometown, and it shows in his work, man. Yeah. So, yeah, he drops her off, and then. This is when he's sitting there. Is he eating yet? He, no, no, no. He don't. He don't no, eat till Vincent. Okay. He don't eat till Vincent's first stop. Because Vincent, because he kind of ignores Vincent. At first, yeah, he's he's distracted. He's like filling out his, I guess, his fair log or whatever. Yeah, and Vincent well. is like goes goes for the next and guy. Yeah, there's a line of cabs. Because it's the airport, of course. There's a line of cabs. Well, yeah. no. Now he's outside. He's outside of her office building. They've left. That's the airport okay. Yeah, now. that's right. That's right. But uh, yeah. So like, he, first Vincent goes to hail him, and, and he's distracted with his log or whatever. And as he goes, he's on his way to the next cab. He calls him back. Max hollers out, "Hey, man, sorry about that. I didn't. I didn't hear you." Yeah. And just imagine, like, like Max's day could have went so much fucking better if he would have just ignored. Yeah. The salt and pepper dude in the gray suit. Yeah. He'd have had a nicer a night. A much bit. nicer. So. And it's for me to note, like, I I don't know I why, don't, but I like gray crews. I do too. I, cool. I, I I dig the look. Now Cruz is cool in this movie. Did you do do you know the little the story about his about um what he did to research for this role? Have mm-hmm. you ever heard this story? Yeah, it's in my trivia tidbits. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about it. Later. Okay, yeah, cool. I didn't know if you cool, knew about yeah. it. Cool. So it's uh there's so much interaction between these two. Cause he's very because Vincent I mean, Vincent's in fucking charge, man. Yeah. He's, he, Even he's before the he's HNIC, in charge, he's, in charge. he's the big swinging dick is, in the cab. Max doesn't want to have like much of a conversation and shit, right. you know. And he talks about direction just like him and Jada did. And he says, uh, "Oh, well, you skip the part." She after he drops Jay, after Max drops off Annie, she comes back and gives him her card. Yes, basically, you're right. You're right. Try, I, basically, I, I meant to mention makes that. a pass at him. Let's you know. Um, gives him her card so he can call her basically letting him know that she's interested you know and he uh and that's when he gives her the photo of maldives because he tells her that's his that's his little vacation he goes there you know five to ten times a day yeah. and she needs to do she needs something similar he gives it to and her. he gives right. it to her yes and so he takes it out from his visor and then drops her off she goes she starts walking to office building and then comes back and gives him her card Yes. You know, and then he puts the card up in place of where the picture was on the right. riser. Yes. And then Vincent comes out and we have a cab. So he's asking him about, you know, the how much the time to his first stop. And uh, he says to him, he's like, what do I get if... Uh, seven minutes. Seven minutes. He's like, what do, what do I get? He's like, uh, free it's cab. It's not six, not eight. It's a seven. He's like, 
can I time you? He's like, knock your socks off. He asked, he's like, what do I get? He's like, I already gave my free ride. He's already gave my, I already gave away my free ride today. Yeah. 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 Um, my next note here is the cinematography is stoning. Like the the man's digital look that he produces. This is the first time he's done it. Right. And 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 I love it. It it works. It works. Especially, you know, it's a lot of, excuse me. It's a lot of nighttime shots, but especially the whole transition of, you know, dusk into night with that, that LA skyline and just the look of the city. Um, man, just, you I could just see him flying around in a helicopter for two days with a digital camera. Like, oh, this is just the best thing ever. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of going all over himself with, with the pickups he's pulling. And then, yeah, Vincent, uh, he, he's so blunt and he has no boundaries when he's engaging in conversation. Man's he in controls the narrative. He's he absolutely in does. And that's here in my notes. He controls the narrative. Yep. Um, he says he's got five stops. He's got to meet some friends. Got to be got to be at the airport by six a.m. Um, yeah, he tells him it's like real estate shit. He's got to pick up signatures and catch and catch a 6 a.m. flight. And he just wants to book the cab for the whole And he life. offers him $600 with an extra 100 if he doesn't make him run for the plane. He gives him $300 right up front. He convinces him. He's like, nah, I can't. I can't. He's like, yeah, you can. This is against yeah, regulations. He keeps and Vin- Vincent's yeah, like, well, what do, you pull, what do you pull down in a night? As a shift, he's like 250 300 So Vincent basically flashes doubles, yeah, 600 yeah, bills. Yeah, he just doubles that in, in, in th- one six, run. $600 bills. He just flashes right. them like fucking cards. And right. he's like, here's 300 now. 300 if I'm, don't make me run the day. Uh, make me, make 300 when you drop me off an extra 100 then I'll have to run for And he's like, I can't. He's like, yeah, you can. Come on. Yeah, you can. And Max gives in. He keeps on saying, take it. Just take it. Right. So he goes, and this is the first stop. And yeah, he says he, he can't double park there. So he's got to go in the back, park in the alley. Yep. So he makes he goes to the back in the alley. And uh-huh. this is when he starts to eat. His he's sandwich. eating his sub. And he's and sitting there is, flipping through. It's a nice, quiet moment. It is very quiet and chill. And then you see the, the POV. It's <laughs> a POV shot that goes Pretty down much. over top yep. of the roof. It's, of and it's the like, man, just taxis. leaves you sitting there. It's like about a good five, maybe not 10 seconds of silence and it just wham the body and he scares the shit he jumps out of that cab I know what wouldn't you Jesus Christ a fat dude just fell on the roof of your car hey man you okay (laughs) right fucking landed on the roof and shattered my windshield you're not okay and then suddenly we see uh, Vincent just like run out into the alley and he's like I didn't do it. I swear he fell in the cab. No, he's, he's like, you killed him. I didn't kill him. The bullets in the yeah, fall killed him. He's like, no, I shot him. I shot the him. Bullets the bullets in the, in the fall, fall killed him. It's <laughs> a great way to write it off. Um, Yeah, and he like, he fucking, he, they stuff him in the trunk, the body in the trunk. And this yeah. Because yeah, he, he flashes the gun. He's like, red light, Vince. Uh, red light, Max. Red light. Right. And, um, you know, he, he, he calms him down a little bit because, again, he just he controls the narrative and he continues yeah, he's, to do he's, so. Yeah, he is in charge, Continues man. to do so. And we have, they stuff the body in the trunk and then we see he dumped a single bottle of water. He's dumping mm. on the roof. And I'm pretty sure it's like half a bottle of water, too. It's I'm a like, big bottle. I'm like, homie, still, that ain't getting all that blood I was going to say, it ain't, it ain't enough to get all that blood and hair no. out of your fucking car. And then this is one of my favorite parts. Uh, uh, Max is like, you know what? Just take the cab. He's like, you know, they don't even know who's driving half the time anyway. And uh, Vincent's like, you sure you won't tell anyone? He's like, nah, just, um, 
Yeah, because yeah, Max, he, Max is like, take the cab. They, they, don't know, they don't know who's driving I'll these chill. things anyway. Yeah, he's, and then he they goes, never check. They don't know who's driving these things. Just take the cab. Vince is like, Are you he sure? goes, I'll chill. You promise you won't tell anyone, right? right. Like, get in the fucking, get in the fucking car. Right. <laughs> you ain't having that shit. Hey, why don't you just take the cab? Take the cab? Yeah, you take it. I'll, I'll chill. I'll, I'll just chill. They don't even know who's driving these things half the time anyway, man. They never check or anything. Okay, so just just take it. You, me. You promise not to tell anybody, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Promise. Get in the fucking car. You can, you can get in the car. So they go off, and then we see Mark Ruffalo in fucking premier Miami Vice mode. Yeah, he is straight, like, From greasy. From the hair like, to the way he dresses. Yeah, he's, got, he's got, his hair's all slicked back. He's got Even the earrings. fucking music that it's playing. A little it's pencil like thing, porn stash. Like, it's Miami Vice it, to a T. Yeah, his, his, like, waist-length leather coat, you know, and it's... And he I, goes to visit the number one, because we find out what these, what these five hits have in common. It's all about this big... They're all witnesses. Spoiler in, in, alert: We're gonna get the Jada, Jada Pinkett's also involved. Yeah, they're they're witnesses in in basically an it's, indictment it's against a drug the, war. Like what the, the the attorney witnesses? He, it's a number of people he offs uh-huh. on this list. They're all they're they're all tied back. They're all to, involved. Yeah, they're all they're all tied with back the hair, to, Javier Felix? Felix. Felix is, is play, I, I forgot. Bardem. I forgot until yesterday that it was or this morning that Bardem's in this. Yeah, I forgot that it was Javier Bardem. Yeah. So he got, uh, he goes to visit him, and then you know, obviously, he goes in. He sees the, the broken window. Well, he's see, not yeah, there. He can't find the body. He can't find him. And then he sees the the, the blinds in the sh- in the broken window and looks down. There's no body. So Peter Berg, it's a crime scene. We see well, yeah, the, the, Peter yeah, Berg. Ruffalo calls it in. He, he says, I, he, he sends a couple of squad cars and a nighttime detective. I got a crime scene. And that's reintroduced to Peter Berg's character. He's like, you know, the, I guess, you know, homicide detective yeah. on the night shift. You know, so he gets called the, you know, to the first location. And every time I see Peter Berg, I always think of Shocker. Because that was the first Hell time. Hell yeah. I, that was my introduction to Peter Berg. Yeah. I actually bought Shocker last week. I forgot to tell you that. Did you really? Yeah. God, I haven't seen that in so long. Horace Pinker. Horace Pinker. Yeah. So, every, yeah, fucking Shocker himself, Peter Berg shows up. We even got Bruce McGill coming up. Ah, so many character actors in this movie. Yeah, after again, I forgot McGill was in it till till yesterday too. That this was this, or I keep saying yesterday. I just watched it this morning. It's my first time in probably four or five years. Easily. Okay, I, it was I my first time in like two months. <laughs> really? I'm not I mean, even I've, seen, I've seen it multiple times, but it's not one I, I constantly reach for. So whenever the 4K is, came out, like a handful of months ago, is when I watched it last. Yeah. So. And I, I watch this film at least once a year. I love it so much. Um, and so we cut back to Max and Vincent, and Max is like in shock. Yeah. It's, what is it? What is Vincent saying? He's, He's like, at the light, and he goes, "Lady Macbeth, Macbeth you don't have the cleanest cabin." La la land. You know, it, it, he said, uh, "Why the he?" Because he's you know kind of like in shock yeah he's shell shock and he's at the red light the green light the light turns green he's still standing still and he goes hey lady macbeth we're sitting here and the light's green leave the seats because he's fucking messing with the seats uh-huh. and stuff like that yeah he's you like, no longer what to do yeah you no longer have the cleanest cab in la la land yeah so um takes some uh 
he says like the, 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 the line, now we got to make the best of it, improvise, adapt to the environment, Darwin, shit happens, I Ching, whatever, man, we got to roll with it. That's, yeah. that's like his word of advice to Max, something that Max will use later on with the Javier Bardem scene when he goes to the club. He uses the same exact thing. We'll, we'll get into that later. Um, and like Vince is like, Max, Six billion people in the yeah, planet. Yeah, it's pretty sick. You're, you're getting bent out of no, shape because of one fat guy. I, I wrote the note down. He's, he's like, so I should, because you killed that man. You didn't even know. He's, so I should only kill people I know. He's, he's Max. Six billion people on the planet, and you're bent out of shape over one fat guy laying on the roof of your cap. Yeah. Um, and then we get the cops to pull him over. Right. And he's, see, like, he's, like, get, he's like, get rid of them, get rid of them, or they're going in your trunk. Yeah, so the cops <laughs> light him up because he's got the broken, the windshield. broken windshield. And exactly, he says, you know, you don't have the trunk space. You got, got get rid of them. Yeah, um, get rid of them. You don't have the trunk space. And then he says, you know, uh, don't let me get cornered. You don't have the trunk. You don't have the trunk space. Uh, maybe one has kids. Maybe one's wife's pregnant. And then one of the cops is Michael T. Jones from uh, Richard T. Jones from uh, Event Horizon. Oh, no idea. Didn't yeah. even recognize him. Yeah. Um, what happened to that dude? He, he kind of like became like a character actor, like minor roles like this. But yeah, Event, he, he was the guy from Event Horizon who was like a little over the top. He was the guy who like fl- flies in space, essentially. He like jumps back. When's the last time you watched Event Horizon? Um, uh, Maybe about a year ago. He's a token black guy at the group. Basically, okay. So, All right, now that you that's, that's, I always dug that film. Oh, me too. Um, I he, remember watching. He's the it, cop here. I, I I remember um watching it one time. I was in a I'd done a bunch of ketamine, and I swore to God for the duration of the film while I was watching it. My my apartment was the epicenter of hell. <laughs> I believe it was really going on. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, and he says that there was a deer. He's like. Really? Yeah, he's like, a yeah, South Central deer. Said, yeah, yeah, I hit him over on Slauson. He's like, oh, yeah, one of the South Central deers. And he goes, yeah, they out there. They out there. <laughs> well, personally, I find it so difficult to buy that these cops leave the suspicious, you know, acting guy. Yeah, like, it's it's a little, it's... It's, it's I don't catering to the script, I get right, it. Right, it really is. It really is. It's... it's, it's uh, it's just convenient to a plot point. Like they're just about to pop the, the trunk, and Vincent's got his hand on the finger I mean, on the Matt's trigger. I mean, Max is acting suspicious and they, shit anyway. And they get the call to meet Ruffalo's character back at the at, at the crime scene, so they yeah. just dip out and like just get that windshield fixed right away. Um. Yeah. Okay. So we get to stop number two, and. So, stop number two, same thing. Uh, stop in an alleyway. This time he cuffs. He's like, put your hands on two o'clock and ten o'clock. Yeah, and he, he like, he he like zip, he zip ties zip them tums, to the, yeah, to the, to the steering wheel. And this is the attorney. Yeah, it's, and, and we don't see the actual head. We just see the guy enter the door. Cause he, well, he, he gets, gets a, a call. call. They're saying there's the a call. notary. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a notary on site requesting him. Meanwhile, Max, uh, he's like, Yelling and he's like flashing his beams and honking the horn, trying to get people's attention, like from down the end of the alley. Finally, this group of like guys and stuff catch catches the attention of them and they come up. And the one guy is like, "Man, what? You got your zip tied to that shit?" And he like points his gun at his face, like, 
And even even Max is like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Like my hands are cuffed. Right? Yeah, like, they didn't want him to unload everything. He's like, "My I'm, my hands are tied to the wheel." You feel like they're trying to mug him. Yeah, he can't get to his wallet. So they ended up taking Max's uh, Vincent's briefcase. That's the last fucking briefcase you want to steal in L.A. tonight, boys. And he comes out and he's like, "Yo, homies," he's like, "That's my briefcase." And this, I have a note here. This the sound design in the uh-huh. alley when Vincent takes them guys out with the gunshots is yeah. just incredible. It is. It, it, it is. is so realistic. And he's so fucking precise too. They it's bring like it up heat. later on. It's like he's just heat. right. And, but he's just, he's like so, like I made the note of how he's got that tight-knit grouping. I forgot that he meet, that, that they even mentioned it during the autopsy. But yeah, it's like two in the chest, one in the head. And he's like point-blank range, pop, 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 pop. Yep. He just lays them all out right there in the fucking alley. Yo, homie. Is that my briefcase? Is it your briefcase? Yeah, it is. Why? You want it back? I want your wallet. What else you got for me? Huh? Fuck! And then afterwards, he says to him, yeah, good news, we're ahead of schedule. He's like, you like jazz? So they go to the jazz club. Uh-huh. Um... And then, oh, I'm sorry. I got ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I got I got ahead of myself. This is when we get to the crime scene and we meet Peter Berg. Because I, right. I had the note here. Yeah, the two cops get called away. Because so Ruff, they're, they're, Ruffalo, they're the, make, I, I wrote the quote down here. He's like, what, the guy just picks himself up and says, now I think I'll go on with the rest of my day. Yeah, he's up depressed, throw myself out the window, hit my head. Oh, I feel better. Now I'm going with the rest of my day. Because yeah. Berg doesn't want to be there. There's, there's all he sees. Yeah. He's like, all we got is broken glass. With you know, in an alley, but just broken glass. Yeah, so Berg's like he's just he's like not trying to deal with it all night, so he just wants to write it off. But yeah, that's when you're introduced to him because the two cops that pulled the cab over are the two, you know, the two B cops that get called to the scene, you know, from what Ruffalo calls in. And you got to mention it's his, getting late. I'd imagine right now it's about midnight because mm-hmm. we still yeah because they go to the the next scene is the jazz club right, um, and the. Uh, this is where we find out that the the owner, quote unquote, is uh, target number three. Right. Uh, but they had that cool little conversation, like like the because and you know you see him playing you know on stage with the band. Well, and, it's and, it's and it's Barry Shabaka Henley is the actor yeah. who plays him. And familiar face, man. I, familiar I wouldn't face. I wouldn't know the name, but you know you've, I've seen the guy around. Well, around this time. Uh, my man here was on a roll because he was in this. He was in the terminal with Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, and he was in Four Brothers the following year. Uh don't think I ever finished that. Man. I'm a big fan of Four Brothers. That's the one with, with Wahlberg, Wahlberg, Tyrese, Tyrese, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andre Benjamin from. from it's like their Outcast. foster mother gets killed, and yeah. they just kind of like gang up on them. Yeah, okay. And Garrett Hunland is like the four is the white brother. Yeah, okay. no, it was just Mark Wahlberg. Which, right, that's right, right, that's right. right. The two of them are white, two of them are black. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've always liked that movie, uh, and and then he came back for our Miami Vice man's follow up film. Right. So he plays the jazz owner, uh, the club owner here, and tells that, a great story about about Miles Miles Davis, Davis Miles because okay, Davis. um, it's it's in my trivia tidbit, but the song that they're playing up on stage is a Miles Davis song. Is it really? Yeah, it is. It's. I mean, I appreciate jazz. I I I, I dig it. I, was actually, I love jazz. Just uh, the I was thinking to myself this morning watching it, like the cool part about the concept is 
you would never see the same performance twice when it comes yeah. to jazz because it's like free form. And that's what I have a know. handful of Miles Davis records saved yeah. on my Spotify as well. It's, as, I've uh, got, and you know, Justin laid that copy of Miles ahead on me. I've got to pull the trigger on it, Justin. I apologize, yeah. man. I think I might do it in the next couple of days because I've been wanting to watch it. My favorite, my, my favorite jazz artist, though, has always been Louis Armstrong. Satchmo himself, huh? Yeah. yeah. Love Louis. So. He talks, he buys him a drink, and he's talking about the club, swapping stories, not swapping stories, but he's telling them stories about Miles Davis from when he was young. And yeah, well, like he, he, he was not out of my face, Jive Turkey, Jive Ass Turkey, or something like that. He says, Yeah, he's like, yeah, get that, yeah, get your bitch out of my face, you Jive Ass Turkey, because Matt, because Miles was just cool. cool. He was in his headspace. And then Mac, yeah, Vincent's like, it's cool. 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 In that Tom Cruise way, he's cool. Okay. And then he reveals, you know that he's there to, to pretty much because he says like something about, about telling the people down in Cartagena. Thank you. Yes, exactly. You know, so you don't really find out what this character like like he, he went he's to the, involved. He, he, rat. he was a rat. He ratted. He, he was a rat. But what was he, he doing? Because he, 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 he said like, he wasn't he, going back to prison. He said but, he, right. He said right. he had to do whatever it takes because he wasn't going back. So, so was he, he like a drug runner for him? You he, think he turned on Felix? Right. But I mean, what was his what was his involvement? Like, how did he get next to Felix? What was he? But that he was, was probably what a runner, like, like a runner or yeah, a dealer. Or a dealer. For him. He's probably or well, it makes sense. You got a jazz run club. a club front. Right. 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 Now, okay. Yeah. That's 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 probably exactly what it is. You're right he's running a club you know it's a great way to unload a bunch of merchandise because he says no matter what you know you, you let felix know that i had to do that i'm sorry but i had to do what i had right, to I'm do not, yeah just because i wasn't I'm not going, going back, back inside prison. yeah right so we asked him a question he says and he says you get it right i'll let you, you know you live you get it wrong you die yeah he asked him a question about he miles says, Davis. where did miles learn music right <laughs> i love jamie fox is like, like music school, school. <laughs> he's trying to prevent the death he's all panicked like dude you're gonna get fucking killed it's music school and so, then that's when he goes says, into the I know everything there is to know about Miles and he says his father was a dentist East St. Louis invested in agriculture made plenty of money he sent Miles to Juilliard School of Music New York 1945 and you think he got a writer for us, and then out of nowhere, just Vincent yanks the gun out, shoots him in the head really quick. It's very quiet. Except he's got the silencer. Right. Dead blank right in the head. And then as he's laying his, resting his head down, he says, he dropped out of Juilliard uh, after less than a year, tracked down Charlie Parker on 52nd Street, who mentored him for the next three years. Yep. And then he just rests him like he's passed out drunk. And right. They're out. Mm. I gotta tell the people in Kulikan and got the hand of that story. You know the folks in Kulikan and Cartagena? Right, so. I just want to talk to you, were a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. The job I contracted to do. Listen, you don't want to sit up here talking about improvisation and everything like that. You like the guy, you like how he plays. Let's, let's just play a little jazz. Come on. Improvise? That's funny coming from you. How's this? I'll ask a question. What question? Jazz question. Now you get it right. We roll. You disappear. 
tonight. If I walk out of here tonight, I will go so far away to be just like I was dead. And one more thing, these people in their rep here, Felix, well, you tell them I'm sorry. You tell them I had to. They laid a grant of immunity on me. I was compelled to either play ball or go back inside, and I'm not going back inside. Lay it on me. Where did Miles learn music? I know everything there is to know about Miles. Then let's have it. Music school. You got it in music school, right? His father was a dentist, East St. Louis. Invested in agriculture, made plenty of money. He sent Miles to Juilliard School of Music, New York, 1945. And it's, and and let's face it. I mean, that is pretty much common knowledge that that Miles learned to be the best from what was the best at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, have you have you seen that Miles Ahead movie, the no. one that Justin Lee made? No. Don, you know what it is, right? Don, Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle's little passion project. I keep meaning to put it on, man. I got to put it on. All right. <clears throat> so then they go back out to the cab. This is when Lenny, the Max's boss. Yeah, the dispatcher. Yeah, dispatcher uh, calls in, says that, you know, his mom. He, this is when it's revealed that um, Max goes to see his mom once a night. Yeah, and the, she's, she's in, in the, the hospital, hospital. And yep. he always goes to see her. Yep. And she's wondering where he is. And he mentions the cop's getting a hold of him about the windshield and he mentions that that's coming out of his paycheck and then Vin- Vincent's just like you don't give a shit about any of that he's just trying to get this guy off he's like who is this guy you know he can't he chimes in and pretends he's the lawyer and says you know you can't do that you know goddamn well I want you yeah, back you're, you're, you're covered by your insurance you or there's, you know, there's well, liability right. on your you know you, you got a balloon policy on your liability you're just trying to extort this man you know stop being an asshole he makes he makes Max say that he's right. like, you know, I'm taking sticking up your fat ass. Yeah, stick this yellow cab up your fat ass. And he's like, tell me he's an asshole. And he just goes, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and that shuts Lenny up. But yeah, Lenny. So so, so they got to go get go see his mom. Well, because Vincent says like you know well, you have to carry through his, his normal thing. You got to stick with his well, routine. Otherwise, be suspicious, yeah, right? And people are going to start looking for him. Right. So hospital. It's a lot going on in the hospital because also. Ruffalo care. Ruffalo shows up at the hospital. They haven't. They're yeah, he's the going to elevator. see. The, yeah, they're, yeah, he's he he's has, there to see the medical examiner about right. about what uh, the, the 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 bodies and, and stuff. Right, and they shared. Yeah, they, they share the elevator ride together. And he Vincent asks. He says, uh, "Good night." And uh, Ruffalo's like, "Mezzo, mezzo." Yeah, Masermanos. Yeah. So um, goes to see mom first to get flowers. And he's like, yeah, she Vincent flowers. Vincent buys flowers. And he's like, he's like I she, never get my mom flowers. And he's like, she, she, she carries you in her room for nine, for nine months. months. You can get her flowers. Yeah, she, she was considered a waste of money. So they go, they go up to see her, and he brings the flowers, and she's like, and who's playing the mom? Uh, she's the woman from the Lady Killers, Irma P. Hall. Thank you. That's from Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. 
I'm telling you, man. That's uh, I'm sure there's a reason why you know who she is. And but that's, mainly and because, because of that. Because mainly, of that movie, mainly, right. mainly because of that. But uh, but yes, um, Lady Killers. I think we we talked a couple a couple months back about how about how I rewatched that again. I forgot how funny it was. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Mom's put, yeah. I like the Lady Killers. It really, the I really did. Lady Look, good. Was, the, 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 Mandy loved it so much. She wrote a quote on my wall yeah, in Sharpie. It's right that. behind it's, you. I've um, always said that that was underrated. It's it is it is a nice little it's a nice little gem in the Coen Brothers hat. But no, Irma P. Hall. Um, I think her greatest performance is Minerva in Clint Eastwood's Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah, she plays Max's mom. Um, yeah, and. She, the, the whole bit with the flowers, she, she yeah, like Max gives her the flowers, and she's like, "Why'd you waste your money on that?" And he's like, "She, he's Vincent picked them out." She goes, "Oh, they're beautiful. lovely." Oh, like, they're changes her too, and she yeah. finds out the new guy picked out the flowers for her. Um, yeah, and then this is when she mentions the limousine company. Yeah, she's she she basically tells Vincent that 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 she. She's under the impression Max is already doing it. Right. He's already driving around big high-end clients and movie stars and yeah. stuff. You know, Max, you know, doesn't have the heart to tell his dying mother that he's nothing but a part-time cabbie, you know, working the night shift right. in L.A. And while he's talking to her about that, Max, meanwhile, takes the briefcase and dips out. And that they there's a chase that ensues. Well, I mean, of course, you got to see Tom Cruise run. Oh, of course, so it would be a Tom Cruise movie. He wasn't running somewhere. He's chasing them all throughout the the, the, the outside area, and he, he yeah, they run through the chase, hospital to like an the, overpass above it's the overpass LAX, the freeway. I mean, uh, over the over the freeway. Max ends up fucking just tossing that some bitch over tosses the, a briefcase into oncoming traffic, into oncoming traffic about a hundred feet below, just smashes the shit out of it. So, what was in that briefcase? Uh, that was there was basically uh, you know all of Vincent's stops like his dossier yeah, if you will targets from, it was his targets because yeah. he had like he basically has his briefcase with I would assume is like you know uh, some sort of tablet and Vince still has two more hits to make right he's only got three out of five down and you know Max threw all the info so over the <laughs> so how's he gonna get that list back uh they're gonna go see Felix not they. Vince is going to wait in the parking lot. The yeah, yeah, because his people yeah, never yeah, get to see him. Yeah. They don't know what he looks like. He's sending Max in Max to is talk going, to Max Felix. is going to pretend to be Vincent. Right. At the, at, 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 it's, I guess it's like an after hours type club. There's a lot of nightclubs in this movie. Do you notice that? There's like, there's two. I always get the, the I get the mix up, these two scenes. The scene right. where he goes to see Felix versus right. the scene with the next hit. Right. I always fucking get him confused. So... Yes, yeah, Max is, is coming in. Time. Max is at the club. He's all skittish. He's like, oh, t- 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 he is t- so tell him skittish. it's Vincent. Right. T- I- I- I'm Vincent. Tell him I'm. He's like stuttering, struggling over his words and shit. And scared. He, we, we, we meet Felix, which is Javier Bardem. Right. He's just kind of sitting is, holding court at the back of his, you know, it's almost he, like a little Havana type club. He asks him why he's there and he says, I lost the list. And he's like, you know, you know how. How long it took to make that list? Right, very, so you got to. There's a lot of surveillance. Very important there's, people right, made that list. Right, they had to. They had to. You know, it costs a lot of money. Basically, and he's like he high end surveillance. Santa and stuff. Claus story, and he even, the, even, they put the little burrow on the window sill in or a something. Humpty Dumpty story. <laughs> right, right. Vincent, meet the people in Culiacan or Cartagena, but he don't meet you. Okay. Now you're here. Why? 
話しましたどうでした I want you to listen to me real well Special groups put together the list of dedos Fingers, informants huh? Signal interceptions with voice recognition software Surveillance A very expensive counterintelligence Worked up that list An important list Wouldn't you say? And you lost it? Sorry, sorry, that's not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Do you believe in Humpty Dumpty? No. Do you believe in Santa Claus? No. Nor do I. Nor do I, but my children do, they're still small. But do you know who they like even better than Santa Claus? His helper. Pedro el Negro. Black Peter. Yeah. There's an old Mexican tale <clears throat> that tells of how Santa Claus got so very busy looking out for the good children that he had to hire some help to look out for the bad children. So he hired Pedro and Santa Claus gave him a list with all the names of all the bad children. And Pedro would come every night to check them out. And the people, the little kids that were misbehaving, that were not saying their prayers, Pedro would leave a little toy donkey on their windows. Oh, a little burro and he would come back and if the children were still misbehaving Pedro would take them away and nobody would ever see them again now if I am being Santa Claus and you are Pedro how do you think jolly old Santa Claus would feel if one day Pedro came into his office and said I lost the list how fucking furious do you think he would get tell me Vincent tell me what you think I mean, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of innuendos and stories and stuff in this dialogue here, and 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 basically at, at a certain point, Max is gonna, you know, pretend he's Vincent and actually like kind of act all badass like Vincent would, like in the moment where he kind of like wishes he was Vincent in real life. Like, well, there's, we, we, there's, tell there's, that bitch ass behind me, or the giant there, ass turkey behind me, whatever he says. Ray had to stop pointing that gun at me, so like Max kind of starts eat like. Starts to turn into a badass right yeah, now. Yeah, it's kind of like, like Jekyll he, and Hyde. Almost. Right, he's he's slowly coming out of that shell yeah. to, to take control. Like he's like, ah, Vince is not controlling my. He takes anymore. his glasses off. Yeah, like, you know. Now we there's there's one there's a great shot right before this scene while they're still on the overpass that I made note of. It's almost like a sideways shot. Where like because Vincent yeah, pins, pins Max about. to the ground, yeah. So it's just the way it, it's a tight close up, right. but instead of you know Cruz and Fox being left to right, they're top and bottom. Yeah, the way that the way that he frames a shot, it it's just a cool shot. It's, it, it stood out to me for some reason. I really like that shot. Um. Anyway, so he's in the process of be- becoming Vincent, and yeah. he ends up getting the list. Uh, Felix gets another list. Yeah, he puts puts on like a thumb drive. But he sends him. a guy to follow to tail him because this is bullshit. Right? This, yeah, this it's, is, I'm spending. He's probably spending like you know half a mil right. on this hitman. This, this and this guy's is the sloppiest the hitman ever. Right? He's supposed to be badass. Please just kill him. Let him go, go, go through. Now, meanwhile, while, meanwhile, while Max is in the club getting the thumb drive, Vincent takes his little digital you know meter off the dashboard 
to use as a tablet. Yeah. Because the next scene, Vincent, I mean, Max gets in the car and Vincent plugs his thumb drive into, into Max's right. dispatch tablet. And it brings up the dossier, like the background of, of the of you know the other people he's got to hit. And you should also mention that there's uh, surveillance outside the club. Yes, there's yeah, and there's there's security. You, you see Ruffalo and Berg and 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 um, Bruce McGill. Well, yeah, because 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 Ruffalo this... calls Berg wakes Berg up out of bed when when Ruffalo's still in the hospital. Right. He's down there talking to the medical examiner, and they, they talk about the tight grouping of the shots: two in the chest, one in the head. Yeah. And there's right. like the, the, two. Two or three bodies. Two or three bodies have all come in with that same grouping in the last couple hours. Exactly, and also, so the surveillance they do this. There's this trope that I've always hated. It's like there's no technology that can clear voice waves. Oh, you just got to tweak a dial a little bit to and the left slow and to the down. right. right. You know, no, <laughs> it's, I hate that. It works. Yeah, but it works. It, it's, it's it's a Hollywood. It's like. They do with cameras. They do with audio. It's like a Hollywood thing with surveillance. I'm looking at you, CSI Miami. Oh yeah, we are it's, looking at it's, your look, whole entire it, it, fucking it plays, library. It plays on screen, but you got to figure like you know how many cops or 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 criminal investigators get in the job. Like, well, wait a minute, why don't we just turn the dials? Like that day, doesn't work. There's no such thing as just turn to the this dial. day. This technology does not exist. <laughs> you can't do it. But they I'm are. They're sorry. Like, it's it's like they're they're it's coming through fuzzy and it's all tweaked out. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the, you know, the, the way they play with the sound in 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 the conversation. Yeah. You know, where you just gotta like kind of t- tune it right. Right. You just gotta. It's, it's like getting the. It's like the little the, the little side quests or mini games and and like a video game where you gotta kind of get the wavelengths right to, to just to tighten up the sound so it, you know so it becomes clear. So yeah, that's what they're doing is is they're looking at the surveillance footage and you hear, right. you know, you overhear hear, Jamie Foxx outside name. the club Matt, saying, I'm, hear, Vincent. Uh, Max, yeah, "I'm Vincent." Max, I'm sorry. No, I'm Vincent. No, uh, uh, yeah, what does uh, I'm say Vincent. Max? No, it's Vincent. Okay, so we go from nightclub to nightclub because mm-hmm. hit number four is at another nightclub. Yep. Um. Uh, Max, Vince go there. Pierre Lim is the name of this guy I have here in my notes. So the narcotics. Uh, the Fanning, Ruffalo, uh, he uncovers a connection between the three victims and reports his findings to the FBI. Um, Pedrosa, which is my uh, Bruce McGill, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You find out McGill's, McGill's and then like, this, you know, another detective. He identifies, them, he identifies them as witnesses in the federal grand jury indicting uh, Felix um, the following day. This is all the, the indictment is supposed to take place the next day. Um so at the club, this is when Vincent goes into just badass assassin mood and just. You know, I guess why does he bring Max with him on this one? Is it ever get? Is there a reason given as to why he brings Max into the club for the limb hit? Is it because he just doesn't have the ability to leave him in the cab? I mean, guess he's out of zip ties. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like, there's why would why would zip ties? I mean, it's a cool shot. The jazz. Well, that was a cover. Right, right, right. But But why does he bring him along with this one? Because it's a it's a crowded nightclub, and Vince is like stay 15 steps ahead and because if they're followed, they see. I don't know. I have no idea. I I just couldn't figure out why he would have brought him, but you know, contrivance, if you will. Um. So shootout occurs in this nightclub. I love this shot here of Vincent. On the floor. Yeah, he's just snapping necks on the fucking dance floor. He's fucking fires at you know, these guys. Even, you know, he's dropping bodies. And people are still like partying up and they're dancing. Max is just, I mean, Vince is just like dropping a body and moving to the next one. And people he, are still just jamming out like they're at Studio 54. He hits his target. He kills the guy, Peter. 
uh, at, at his little uh, VIP area. Mm-hmm. He shoots him in the head. Um, and this is when Ruffalo catches Max. And he's like, "Here, I got you. I, 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 I know you're not, you know, Vince. I, you know, I know you're not a killer." Well, yeah, we, but we didn't talk about. about we didn't talk about is when they were looking at the surveillance footage. Ruffalo notices a cab with a dent in the hood and a shattered glass, right? Because you know, when when they were at the at the crime scene, originally the first crime scene, mm-hmm. you know, they say how a neighbor had seen a cab parked in the alley just before everything happened. And that's when Peter Berg's like, great, 14,000 cabs in, in L.A. How are we going to track this one down? And that's when it dawned on me like this. It makes sense as to why Vincent would hire a cab. It's easier to just blend in. You know what I mean? If you if you got to go multiple stops, you know, and you're in yellow, yeah, like, you know, they're not going to be looking for, you know, the gray Nissan. Mm-hmm. There's, there's only a handful of them. There's 14,000 um, yellow cabs. So Ruffalo is pulling Max out of the club. And like you said, it just drops them. And so I didn't know it. So the first time I saw this scene, I was shocked. Little, I've never seen this in the theater and just thinking, like, whoa, like, yeah, damn. Like, yeah, I didn't see that out of the all. picture already. Boom, gone. Like, that was, like, like, that was going to be catching the bad guy. Well, that almost. was definitely one of those holy shit moments. Where, right. Like, I did not see that coming at all. Like, right. I don't think anyone did. Like, if, if you predicted that he was going to get dropped out of nowhere, congratulations, you won the game. <laughs> but no, I, I did not see that happening at all. And I was like, damn, they just, okay, it's that kind of movie. All right, cool. Yeah. I like a movie that takes chances and has Yeah, balls. nobody's safe. Yeah, definitely. Dig it. Like a horror film. So, Max is back in Vince's clutches. Uh, Vincent's clutches. Um, so what happens? So yeah, and they're and this they're, is when okay. So he they get in the, the there's like everyone's panicking, running out of the club and shit, and and uh, he, they get back in the cab. I love the look on Max's face here. He gets in the cab and he's just like, "Drive, not get out of here," and like just the look on Fox's face, like. Here we go again. Right, he just he's, he's, he's had just it. got he's, this dead set like stare, like like he's just whatever. Yeah, he's uh, fucking. I, he's numb. over it at this point. He's emotionally so he, numb. Yeah, so he just starts. He floors it. He's doing like 80, 90 miles an hour. Well, yeah, that's that's, that's that's yeah, exactly. So, but they they do have well, a they nice. Just, they, they, they had their insult. They they they're just going back and forth. Like Max don't give a shit no more, and he's just give. He's just telling them like it's told. There's, yeah, there's, there's a good conversation them. between between you know Max and Vincent in the scene. They almost about the futility of existence. Like you know, we forgot to mention way way back when they first started when when this all started. This when he first got in the cab, we forgot to talk about how Max or how Vincent. Um, mentions the story of L.A. He asks him if he likes it here. And he tells him the story of the uh, the guy in the the subway who died, and five, they they it, it took him five hours to discover that to it, even discover that he was dead. <laughs> that it was a body on you know riding the tram. The guy had made the loop like twice. Yeah, yeah. They they, they tell that story. There's also so, um there's another bit we 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 didn't mention too is when 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 Ruflo's character is still alive and, and him and Peter Berg are trying to piece things together. And he's like, do you remember a couple years back, there was that cab driver who, they, essentially Vincent pulled this shit once before, 
because they mentioned there was an unsolved case where, where or there was a case that that got closed where it looked like a yeah, cab driver right. had went around that's and right, killed, yeah. cut, snapped, like killed three people, and then killed himself. Because, but it does, it, it never really made sense to me. So it's so it's set up right then and there that no matter how much Vincent likes Max, Max is not really going to live to see the light of day. Not, not only gonna, that, this is not you know Max. This isn't Vincent's first rodeo, right? So definitely. Yeah. So it's like Vincent has every intention of offing Max by the time they get to the airport. So this is one of a of a couple times we hear audio slave, and this is when Max is not he's just had it, and they're just trading insults, and then he just says "fuck it" and floors it, and he's like, "What are you doing? Slow down, slow down!" And all of a sudden, like the car just flips and just fucks. Yeah, him Max off. just usurps the whole situation. He's doing like 85, 90 miles an hour down fucking Ventura Boulevard or whatever, slams into an embutment. And flips the cab. Oh, yeah, the cab rolls. Vincent's upside down in the back. I never straightened up and looked at it, you know, myself. I should have. I tried to get my way out from under, but that was just a one to lose deal. Slow down. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect to go. Risk all torqued down. I could have done anything I wanted to. Red light. What new news? It doesn't matter anyway. What does it matter anyway? We're all insignificant out here in this big ass nowhere. Twilight Zone shit. Says the badass sociopath in my backseat. But you know what? So one thing I gotta thank you for, bro, because until now, I never looked at it that way. Got to lose anyway, right? Slow down. What? Shoot. Don't pull the and kill us. Go ahead and shoot my ass. Slow the hell down. Wait, you gonna shoot me? You gonna shoot me now? You gonna kill us? Huh? Well, shoot my ass in. Huh? Shoot me. Slow down. Right. You know what, Vincent? Go fuck yourself. Vincent gets the fuck out of Dodge, yeah, and then a cop shows up, and uh, 
you know, he's asking Max if he's okay. He's like, sir, you've just been involved in an accident. Please just sit Take there on the seat, curb. Relax. Sit down, relax. But the, the trunk is you, now. He's like, he's like, the cab. He's like, we'll get you a new cab. Don't worry we'll about that. We'll get you that. a new cab. But the trunk's now popped open. And what's in the cab? What's in the trunk? Yeah, the what's cop, in the trunk? Yeah, what's in the trunk? Yeah, the cop catches a glimpse of a body in the trunk. And, and as soon as he sees it, he, he just pulls, pulls his, his gun, gun on Max. Yeah. Like, damn. Like that? <laughs> right. So... <clears throat> He overpowers the cop and takes his gun, and he's like, I'm and he sorry, gets and he gets a this. glimpse at the at at his little dispatch tablet, still got the thumb drive in it, and, and he sees target number five is Annie Jada, Jada Pinkett. Pinkett. Yep. So Max tells the cop where he's, he's like, "I'm going to this address. A woman's going to be killed. Send the cops there." Like, he's, and he steals a bystander's phone so he can call Annie to right. alert her. Um, and while that happens, the power gets cut. So the power's cut. Uh, so the, yeah, the it's, it's a great cut. shot, though, of like Annie's working late up in the office. And he can like see her the high, the high rise. It's, I was going to say, it's a really cool shot because she's up on like the 16th floor and it keeps cutting back and forth. But you see Max like all the way down across the street, he's like on standing a, on top of a parking garage. garage. Yeah, it's like at the top of a parking yeah, garage. Right. You know, and he's looking at, you know, Annie's office through the window. Meanwhile, Vincent's made his way into the building trying to track Annie down. And that's why the power went out. Because he kills the security guard, and then he takes the power. He takes the emergency axe from um the, the like the fire, like the fire emergency. This fire axe, exactly. Right. And he cuts and, the and, power I mean, and telephone lines. Yeah, Vincent goes to work on this office building like Carl Gruber at Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. So yeah, Vince finds her. Find it's like a little cat and mouse going on. Yeah, because like he's a horror film almost. She's two floors up. Vincent goes to her office on the fourteenth floor. He but sees she's the up phone the line. That's how he discovers her. Right, and he knows that she's on. She's on the line yes. somewhere else in the building. Talking to Max. And meanwhile, Max is down there on the street. He can see. He's like yep. he's on the fourteenth. You know, he's two floors below. So this you. Whole, this like this third act kind of like plays like a horror film almost. It does. It, it really gets tense, does. Man. It, it does. It, exactly. Yeah. It's it, it, so, yeah, man knows how to ramp up the tension. Hey, we forgot to mention Vincent's Nokia N-Gage. <laughs> he picks up <laughs> after losing his tablet. I've heard that name forever. Yeah, yeah Vincent's, Vincent's using a fucking Nokia N-Gage in the back of the car after God, they leave after they leave Felix's club. <laughs> Are you going to name drop a sidekick on me next? <laughs> oh, man. How about the LG Envy? <laughs> Remember those kids? Oh, Jesus, man. Remember when Vanker lost his at the... <laughs> at Six Flags. At Six Flags. Right. It fell out of the roller coaster. We had a walk. So was it the Envy? The Envy 2? Yeah. The Envy, the Envy Max? Touch. Oh, Christ, man. I could go... The Envy Touch. I had that thing. I had that fucking phone. That was my... No, my first touchscreen phone was the uh, BlackBerry Thunder. Mm-hmm. That was mine. Dude, you know how no, many, the storm, BlackBerry Storm, that's what it was called. That was the first touchscreen BlackBerry. That's what I had. Do you know how many? You know how many fucking goddamn cell phone launches, makes and models that I've done in my career? Easily sixty, yeah. easily. Well, yeah. you know, it happens. I've been there. I was, I, I, I was there from the ground floor. So Max saves Annie when Vince is about to shoot her and chases him out. They uh, get onto this metro train. Uh, yeah, because Vin- like Max is able them. to shoot Vince, he like shoots him in the shoulder, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He does, and so there's uh, and they make a getaway. He chases them all the way to the front of wherever he corners them. Yeah, because basically it's almost like if you go down to the you know because they get down to the street level, 
and there's Max a subway. Like, they get their subway, subway from the building. It. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the 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 building. You know, her office building connects right to a subway uh, depot. So yeah, when they get to the street level, Max like we so just keep going down. That's are, where Vince is going to go. They're in opposite cars, pointing guns at one another, and then when they go through a tunnel, I think it is or something. Well, it, they, they, darkness. Max and, and Andy. Ma- Max blindly. and yeah, Max and Andy get on the subway car first, and then Vincent jumps on the back of it like yeah, fucking, that's right. That's yeah, v- right. Vincent's able to like hop on the back like he's fucking Spider Man. All of a sudden, but he gets in and corners him to the end, and, right? And they, they and he's he's beat the shit now at this point. Yeah, he's bleeding. From you the know, he's now. you know he's got he, he can't even operate. So he's shooting, and there's this. I love this shot here after he, after they're both done, and you don't know who got hit and what happened, and then all of a sudden Vince drops his uh, his uh, clip and goes to put another one in, and that's when you see like. He's kind of staggering. Yeah, he's he's, he's out. He's a little weird. He's like, oh, oh, and that's when we realize, oh shit, Vince got hit. And Max is fine. Right. So right. Max, I do this for a living. And he sits. Boom! He, he sits takes down. He's like, takes you think a seat. Any, and he says, "You think anybody will notice?" <laughs> Maybe in about five hours, right? And just kind of. And that it mirroring the story that's told when they first met earlier in the evening. That's how the film ends, mm-hmm. kind of abruptly. But I like the way he does it this way. Um, it, yeah, because he, he ends it at sun up. Yeah, because like 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 Vincent basically like expires heat. on the subway. It's the same train. way he ends heat. Pretty much the handshake. Right. It, it, like Vincent expires, we're you know, not going to see him go back. Succumbs home. to his wounds on the subway train. We're not going to see the cliche ending of all the reporters. And, yeah, uh, crime and, and, scene. and like an epilogue yeah, or a wrap no, up. You don't no, need no, that no, bullshit. No, 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 no. You just see Max and you know Vince Max and Andy the, get up to the street. The sun's coming up. They you know they've lived to see another day. Vince is your antagonist, and you put him down. That's the film's and the, over. Yeah, end the story. You don't no. need you, you don't need to see Vince and Andy go on their first your date. Goose I mean, uh, Max done, and Andy son. go on their first date. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that being said, that's collateral. That's 2004, it. Michael Mann. Yeah. All right, so let's get some trivia tidbits. Mm-hmm. Now remember that, because the more you know. All right, so according to Michael Mann, Vincent is a man able to get in and out of every uh, anywhere without anyone recognizing or remembering him. To prepare for the role, Tom Cruise. Had to make FedEx deliveries yep, he went in a crowded LA market without anyone recognizing him. And he him. did it. You ever seen the video footage of it? I'm sure it's There's, I've right. seen it. Yeah, he's he's like literally like it's fucking Tom Cruise, the most famous guy on the fucking planet at the time. And he's in the middle of Grand Central delivering FedEx packages and shit. My and mom recognized him. The mention her a second time this episode. Hi, mom. She used to watch the Rosie O'Donnell show. Okay. Rosie O'Donnell it had a huge crush. Was I know. Huge in love with Tom Cruise. Yeah, I know. I know. I remember. Okay. I used to watch that show back in the day. Everyone loves Tom Cruise. Everyone still loves Tom Cruise. He's Tom fucking, Cruise he's, loves Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's, he's a weirdo. He's a bit of an asshole, but I'll be damned if he's not good at what he does, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I thought the last Mission Impossible was the second best of the franchise. Really? Mm hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, you know, I'm Les Grossman all the way. And if they would, for the love of God, stop delaying Top Gun Maverick, maybe I can have an opinion Jesus, on that. Jesus, that still hasn't come out yet? It got delayed the next summer. Jesus. Uh, it was supposed to come out Christ. Christmas. They got I forgot, pushed. I forgot the damn thing was even in the can. I thought it came and went already. It's been in the can for like two years. I know. I thought it came and went already. Maybe longer than that now. Damn. I mean, come on. I've been waiting for the Iceman to return. Damn it. Yeah, I want to see how they're going to pull that off with poor Val. I mean, like, how are they going to... He can... He can I, I that's what that's my curiosity is how they're gonna work like Kilmer's ailment into the story. That's I, I it's kind of a morbid if, like if Paramount would stop delaying the fucking movie, we would we'd be able to know right. It's and and don't get me wrong, I don't want to come off as like you know twisted or morbid or anything, but like I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad like I'm taking it. that that he that <laughs> you know he's I'm able to reprise curious. a role. Yeah. but I'm curious to how are they gonna work, you know his impediment into the character of Iceman. And I think he's going to pay tribute to, you know, to Val. I, I think it's, I think when I do see it, I'll, I'm probably going to, you know, tear up a little bit, almost be like a Hallmark card, like, thanks for all the... We'll find out know. in 2025 <laughs> when right. Paramount finally releases Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> for my 50th birthday, it'll come out. Exclusive to Paramount Plus. <laughs> Home of Mayor of Kingstown. All right. Check it out. Um... So there's no opening credits for the film, nor an opening title card. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even pick that up. It just drops you right in. The only credits seen are at the end, starting with directed by Michael Mann. Yeah. The title was at the end. The song played in the jazz club was Spanish Key from Miles Davis's Bitches Brew album. And it wasn't improvised. It was played almost note for note as it was on the original album. The original draft was set in Manhattan, New York, when Mac- when Michael Mann came on board. Of course, he shifted the setting to Los Damn Angeles. Right. He's like, oh no, we're not. We're First not line of business: here. cross out New York, enter L.A. Yeah, I think he just, I think he just likes to be able to go home at night. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> he just wants to be able to like shoot and be like, oh, I'm just gonna go back to the house, gotta feed the dogs. Which reminds me, check out that Michael Mann that three peat the three yeah. episode on the rewatchables. Yeah, you, you said it, it, that's up now, right? It's been up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael Mann knew immediately upon hearing Audio Slave Shadow on the Sun with Chris Cornell's vocals that he wanted it for the scene in the cab where Vincent and Max see the coyotes trotting along through the intersection. Um, two more tidbits. Uh, the movie takes place on January 24th and 25th of 2004. Any significance of those dates at all? No. Just, that's just when it is. That's just it. I mean, I knew it was in January. Yeah, how can you fucking tell in L.A. every, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. January looks like fucking August. Right. Uh, finally, my last tidbit is Vincent is being intentionally rude upon first entering Max's cab, but it's not because he's a jerk. It's He's testing Max to see if he's a man with a, an aggressive streak. Had he been, Vincent would have quickly changed cabs. True. Yeah. It's, and and it, it, you see like a bond develop like almost like vincent doesn't even want it but it's it, it, it's you know he can't help it like he's towards the end he's kind of starting to like max let me tell you something about my best His friend. friend he's warm heart of person who love you till the end all right box of receipts in the operational funds box we will deposit two hundred and fifty thousand american dollars you take it out we put more in I want receipts. All right, so the film was released on August 6, 2004 from DreamWorks Entertainment, or DreamWorks Pictures, rather. 
It opened up across 3,188 screens. Opening weekend box office was $24.7 million, coming in at number one. Second weekend, it dropped off 34.5%, coming in, grossing $16.1 million and dropping to third place. Total gross was $220.9 million. That's a lot more than I thought this film made. I didn't think I didn't realize it made a quarter of a billion dollars. Oh no shit! Over a budget. Well, I mean, of sixty-five million. Yeah, there's there a lot of star power involved. You got Man, you got Fox, you got you know Cruz, and you know the movie going public can't get enough of Tom Cruise. It was. I remember one of the biggest touting points was Michael Mann goes all digital, and oh my god, you should see how he shoots LA with a digital camera. You know, so that was yeah. A ticket seller, if you will. That was something that was intriguing the public. I think. I mean, because I, I don't, I don't know. When I was when it came out on video that following December, I, mean, right. I was working at Blockbuster. I was right. I was downtown the one on Boston Street when it came out. I remember. Yeah. And I don't remember it being. You know, it wasn't one of the movies where we got like a buku. Yeah, you, you didn't do you didn't do the the, the, the training days. day like two two it walls of training. Didn't get training the training there. day treatment. <laughs> no. Definitely didn't get the training. Day. I will say, like, I mean, it was it at the time when I bought it. It was you know on DVD, so I got it at what ten eighty, which which was the best you could get. But I didn't see what the, I guess. I guess I wish in hindsight Wait, I would have seen it in the theater. Would you say DVD was? Was it 1080? You wish it was 1080. 720, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, it looked it 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 looked tight for the time. It 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 looked good, but I didn't see what all the hype was about with Michael Mann shooting all digital. I guess that would have came through more in, on the big screen. Were you able to notice? Like, did you could you feel like a, a difference in aesthetic seeing in a theater? Like, Absolutely. Could you really? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're used to digital filmmaking, but then it was still kind of in its infancy stages and a big time yeah, director's I mean, it was, adapting. It, it, a, it has adapting. a very unique look, almost exclusive. I mean, there's only there's only a handful of films that look like this, and it's Michael Mann movies. It's this, it's the Miami Vice, and right. it's um, it, uh, uh, Public, Public Enemies. Jury's still out on Black Hat. I've no, I've still yet to watch that. Movie. I can't I, I can't find I can't find the the energy to pull the trigger. So it looks I don't know. It looks like it's going to be a stinker to me. All right. So how do we get here? New sketch. How did we get here? I led you here, sir. Brian Spartacus. When he was 17 years old, Australian writer Stuart Beatty took a cab home from Sydney Airport and had the idea of a homicidal maniac sitting in the back of a cab with the driver nonchalantly conversing with him, trusting his passenger implicitly. implicitly. (laughs) Beatty drafted his idea into a two-page treatment titled The Last Domino, and then later began writing the screenplay. The original story centered around an African-American female cop who witnesses a hit and the romance between the cab driver and his then-librarian girlfriend. The final film was limited was a limited resemblance to the original treatment. Beatty was waiting tables when he came into contact with Julie Richardson, whom he had met on a UCLA screenwriting uh, extension course. Richardson had become a producer and was searching for projects for Frank Darabont, Rob Fried, and Chuck Russell's company Edge City, which was created to make a low budget to make low budget genre films for HBO. Beatty later pitched her idea 
uh, she pitched his idea of the last domino. Richardson pitched the idea to Durbont, who brought the team in for a meeting, including Beatty, who set the project up under Edge City. After two drafts, HBO passed on the project. At a general meeting at DreamWorks with executive Mark Hames, um, Beatty mentioned the script. Hames immediately contacted Richardson, read the script overnight, and DreamWorks put in an offer the following day. Early drafts of script of a collateral script were set in New York City, however, Dermont. I mean, uh, uh, Maine, L.A. Shift everything about to that. the other coast. Uh, Durbont, Fried, and Russell would remain on as executive producers. So, right off the bat, Frank Durbont, Chuck Russell, Elm Street 3. No shit. I never put that together. I, uh, yeah. I, the first thing I thought of, I was like, when I was out loud, I'm like, oh shit. They, they, they both did Elm Street 3. They yeah, both you're wrote right it about and that. Russell directed it. So those movies blur together to me, man. And the thought it was Dream Warriors. We're the Dream Warriors. The three was the Dream Warriors. Is that the, is that the, that's the one with Patricia Arquette? Yes. Okay. I saw it. Yeah, me and Big Daddy went and saw that at Westview Cinemas. Um So the fact that I, I didn't realize Frank Darabont executive produced this movie. That's awesome. I didn't he brought it up. So um and then yeah originally Sandler and then dropped out and then Fox and then we have ourselves a movie so that's that biggest takeaways Mr. Madison what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. You go first. I want, I'm, I'm curious. What you, do you have any takeaways from this? Um, nothing. You know, nothing. Nothing major. I mean, I think it was. It, it was. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was. You know, right after, because Fox had, you know, won, Jamie Fox had won his Oscar for Ray, and then he followed it up with stealth and kind of shit the bed, you know. So obviously, you know, he needed another, you know, high profile role that would get him, you know, his, his bona fides back, if you will. Um, and I think this is where it's why it's probably one of, if not my favorite. I'm gonna stop um, you there for a second. I, I, I hate to do that. Okay, no, it's fine. Um, stealth came out after this. Really? I thought yeah. I thought Stealth was his. Nah, stealth came out in 2005. I thought it was that Oscar curse where, like, you win Oscar, you do a shitty film. And well, it was, but this was before Ray. This was before. Oh, this Ray. is before Ray. This was before Ray. Okay, well, fuck me then. <clears throat> um, I'm, no, thank you. Pardon me. No. no, I'm just saying. <laughs> excuse me for that. Then <clears throat> I honestly, I, I think this is my favorite James. No, but the, I, it's okay though because it, it, it happened so close together. Right. Three films. Right. That right. It's, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's, and we got you know I got to put twenty years worth so, of goggles. Yeah, on stealth. If I'm not mistaken, that was more of a cameo because that was one of those I things where he was never marketed. Bothered. I never bothered. I, I, I've never seen it either, but I remember hearing about it because you know the, the poster is uh, is him, Jessica Biel, and Josh Lucas, and, Josh right. Lucas, right. and then it ends up being Biel and Lucas's show because Fox's character dies. Like, spoiler alert for those who have not seen it. 
it's weird because I haven't seen it either, but I heard that. Yeah, kind of he like gets, Kurt Russell in Terminal Velocity. He Velocity's. gets 86 pretty, yes. <laughs> Not Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal, that's what I meant. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's one so of those things. It's, I, I, what, what I was getting at was I think this is, it's a very nuanced performance um, for Jamie Foxx because I knew him coming off, you know, from In Living Color and yeah, stuff right so like it, it well i'm not saying that i couldn't take him as a as a dramatic actor but you know i got to see him flex his chops a little bit and um i like that um i i like you know cruz playing the antagonist which you know, he really, should do more often really i gotta should. say he really should because the other ones we mentioned i, mean, I wouldn't first off he's got he's got to stop doing sequels and remakes for, you know, his last handful of films have been The Mummy, Two Mission Impossibles, a Top Gun sequel. When's the last time he's done something original? Um, uh, Les Grossman, Tropic Thunder. Okay, no, that, not <laughs> not not literally. <laughs> I'm actually curious. So keep going. Any more takeaways? Um, while I look up this, I, I mean, uh, like I was saying before, I really couldn't see the ad. You know, I, I, it, it's hard for me to see the 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 digital filmmaking aspect of it it just it, it just looks like a good film to me but i couldn't tell you whether it was celluloid in a can or you know footage on a thumb drive you know so um yeah it's i mean it's it, it's it's i don't want to say by the numbers michael mann but it, it's definitely you know it's a, it's a michael mann film through and through um Oh, and real quick, Tom Cruise. Um, so here's his um, from 2014 on to current. Edge of Tomorrow, mm. original. Mm. Mission Impossible. Mm. Jack Reacher 2. Mm. The Mummy. No. American Made, original. Mission Impossible, Top Gun. Mission Impossible. Well, Amer- American Made technically would be an adaptation because wasn't it based off of the guy's biography, right? True. So it's not Edge so much tomorrow. a completely uh, Edge of Tomorrow is about the only like original like just thought up and spat out. And before that was Oblivion. Story. Could a death movie, dude? I, I snoozed, man. That movie put me. To I've sleep. never seen Oblivion. It's, I, Edge of Tomorrow is good. It's yeah. It's I don't know. It it, it kind of put me to sleep. Well, live die repeat. However you refer to the title, as um. Okay, so. For me, it's, it's we kind of already glossed on it throughout the the breakdown is the cinematography. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm trying not to be the dead horse of that because I say that for a lot of films, but I really am a big fan of that stuff. And yeah, but it's it but it's not really anything. It's, it, yes, but it, it's also not like it's it's not like you haven't seen it before. Like you kind of saw it in heat, just not on you know a digital format. You know that's my thing. Like well, it's just it, it's it's man shooting LA City skyline. I'm, I'm gonna double down on the sound design because that's yes, that was brought up in heat, but it's also it's utilized here as well. It's it, the Michael Mann has a, a, a niche for like just really loud, realistic, intense sound design. Like when 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 guns are fired off. Like yeah, there's no very, background. Yeah, if there's a gunfight, ain't no background not, music need to be played. It, yeah, unless it's organic it's, to the scene. And it's and it's you know a, a real effect. The it, it, the sound is just fucking real. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's loud. It's how it's supposed to be in movies. You know, it's not this pew pew. Yeah, it's no, a it's bang. Yeah, fucking they're shocking. Bang, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're definitely you know they they shock you audibly as, as much as they do physically. Um, 
And I just, I think this this screenplay is it's just so clever. And this movie kind of, it, it really acts as a roller coaster. Um, and it's it's a fun ride. This movie really, really is. Yeah, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It does. You know, it just it just gets in there. You don't you don't need a lot of time to develop the characters for you to, for you to you know get a feel for them and, yeah, and no, start to as care. There's not really any excess fat. Yeah, this is yeah. This, it, he trimmed he trimmed the fat before you know before he called action, mm-hmm. if you will. So I'm I'll agree uh, with you salt and pepper cruise. I'm loving great cruise, man. Biggest takeaway. I'm loving great cruise, man. As as a yeah, hitman, he's, he's got the little you know the, the, the little you know the, the five has, o'clock shadow. Why has this man not done more villainous roles? He should. As cool as this right. guy, he's I just, almost it almost makes me wonder like enough is he about getting in his own way? Movie. Like no, 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 I got to be the hero. I got to live to the end credits, so I got franchise potential, and that's why it costs forty million dollars a picture. No, I mean I think he, I think it works well. You don't play against type, but play to your strengths, and and his strength is just like he delivers, man. Like he's commanding that screen. Like we said, Vincent's in charge. You know, pretty much the duration of the film, Vincent's calling the shots, even over top of the fucking beat cops that pull him over. They don't they don't know that they got the boss in front of him who's about to fucking fire him. Literally. Well, you know? that reminds me of my mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? I would eighty six that 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 cop part where he gets pulled over and the really? cops just because it it's stupid because yeah there's it's it's intense it but ends, then it, it ends, ends with a contrivance like, I agree yeah. and it ends with a contrivance I like the tension unless that it you're adds. gonna okay let me rephrase that okay my mulligan is just redo that scene rewrite it in a different way. Get them out of that situation in another form, of, of, rather than the cops just saying, "Hey, we just got a call. There's a, there's a shooting. Someone got killed. Got to go. Take off." Blah, yeah, and it's, it's not like we haven't. It's not like we haven't seen this that guy before. ain't been sketched for the last two minutes. We're just gonna let him go on his merry own way. We're gonna call his boss, and make sure that's taken care of. But as for him himself. If he wants to keep on proceeding with the passenger in a damaged car, fuck it. We got this other shit to worry about now. It's like, no, it's not really going to go down like that in real life. And right. even if it does, then we got some bigger fish to fry about the police system. Uh, but yeah, that. How about you? Um, I I don't get I don't get the coyote scene. No, no. I mean, it's it's it's, it's 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 a beat. It's a moment for the audience to like you know catch its, its breath you know I, I i get i i get why it's there but you i got an awesome audio slave like, song to accompany yeah, it yeah but and, and and it's almost like you're looking at them through like a night vision cam yeah i just don't i i guess i don't i'm i keep looking for significance in that moment like why it felt to be included to show not just one it's like two or three coyotes on you know, Sepulveda Boulevard. Because maybe or we're not thinking deep enough into it. Maybe there's a reason for it. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, like I can't. Perhaps find it. Max is just like he sees himself as one of the wild coyotes, right? Or their the predator mark, prey you know? type thing maybe, going on. Like you know? that's that's I'm the thing. Sure like I can't. Some significance, right? To that's it. that, and, and I I'm like mad at myself because I figured I'd be smart enough and savvy enough, and you know, being into films the way that we are, 
that I would be able to see what, you know, I would be able to pick up what man was putting down. And I just can't, I, I can't get How do you like think that. I feel? I've watched this damn movie over 20 times and, and I still don't know. Right. And know? so to me, like, it, I'm not saying it takes me out of the movie or drags anything down. I mean, it's only a couple of seconds. But that's about the only thing I felt like that, that, that you know, could have been excised without affecting anything. The overall narrative, story, look, whatever. You know, I just, I, I, I don't know. I just don't understand a coyote scene. Because, you know, who'd have, who'd have thought it'd be coyotes running around downtown LA? You know? So it just didn't make sense to me. All right, finger looking good. It's finger licking good. This is tough. I, 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 my notes are blank on this one <laughs> because there's so many good scenes. I don't know which one to pick. Um, I got two. I got two that I could zero in on. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of good, there's a lot of great scenes, set pieces, lines out. of dialogue. Yeah. You know, um, the two that stand out for me, particularly, um, number one is we talked about that moment of quiet right before the body hits the roof of the car. Like, I just dig the way that that, especially your first viewing, like the way that it just comes out of nowhere. It's just kind of whack. It's almost like whacking you in the back of the knees with a belly yeah. club. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, we're off to the races now. That and the jazz club scene where, you know, with the Charlie Parker story. Yeah, I was just thinking Davis. about the jazz club scene. That's like, probably like, my favorite part of yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, y- you almost like... It lulls you into a sense of uh, uh, of comfortability. You think like Vincent's just literally just going to grab a drink and listen to jazz and talk to this dude, and then it lulls you again, thinking Vincent's going to let this guy get away if he gets the answer right, and boom, he's got it wrong. Because you know, so yeah, I, I, so for me, it's it's the you know the cinematography and the way uh, the way the the body drop scene plays out, and the the dialogue between all three characters in the jazz club scene those are my right. standout moments. i like the jazz scene but goddamn i also like oh there's so much about this oh my god the the the, the scene with felix and max is yes really good yeah it's one. a 10 bardem's one and done and you know in in in, in that film yeah Two, and like um, i said he he really wasn't i don't say he wasn't anybody then but he wasn't you know who he is now how how far apart was this from no country for old men about three years yeah 2004 that's, 2007 that's where I, I think that i think that's when you know the world stood up and started that's taking when he notice broke out yeah. mr penelope that Cruz. goofy ass haircut yeah it's either way man yeah you ever hear that story told he's like man i'm not gonna get laid for a year <laughs> <laughs> he talked about He's like, I am not getting. He's, I'm not getting laid for for the duration of this film. Now he's married to Penelope Cruz. Um, <coughs> uh, yeah, just 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 give me the jazz scene, and, and we'll be done with it. Yeah, it's uh, like I said. It's it's for me. It's it's the but it's the dialogue, the back and forth, the interactions. You know, with with that scene, not so much the way it's shot because it's kind of static. It's nothing. There's not any really Michael Mann shots in that scene, but the dialogue works in that scene for me. All right, final thoughts. I say we uh, tie a bow on it and put her to bed. Go. Um, I dig it. It's it's a nice ride. It's a fun ride. It's not one like you. You say you watch it like once a month. I didn't say once a month. I said at least, <laughs> at, least at least once, once a year. year. It's it's. And, you know, I appreciate it. Um, I know, watch like this every third Thursday. Of each <laughs> collateral no, Thursday. It's Collateral Thursday. Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, 
I, 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 I've seen it now probably six, seven times. Um, I don't really take away anything new anymore. Um, but I, I, I dig it. It's, it's good. It's not, it's not something that, 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 that's going to bore me. It's tight. You know what I mean? It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. It's, it's quick to the punch. Doesn't hold your hand. Um, is it the best Michael Manfred movie ever made? No, that one starred James Conn and came out in 1980. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I dig it. It's, it's, it's one of his best pieces of work, not his best piece of work. But, um, you know, everybody, everybody's up to their game in this one. Even Jada. Jada doesn't have much to do, you know, sort of, sort of be, you know, kind of sassy and then in the beginning and panicky at the end. Um, and like I said, the, you know, Jamie Foxx showing his nuance and that character, like I was surprised to see, you know, he, he, he plays timid and then he gets bold. Right. It was like, wow, I didn't know you had it in you, Jamie. Good for right. you. And to see, like we've said, you know, salt and pepper cruise, you know, being an evil badass. Like, I'm not the world's biggest Tom Cruise fan. I appreciate his work. I'm probably going to see everything he's ever done because, let's face it, his movies are worth watching. But uh, it's just, you know, seeing him play against type and character in this in this party. It, you know, he he gets to he he gets to put his toolbox to work. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, he gets to use all the tools in his box. Um. Yeah, I, I'm going to end my, my thoughts on this. After seeing Punch Drunk Love, after seeing Uncut Gems, after seeing Rain Over Me, after seeing Spanglish, after seeing... I think that's it. Uh, I would have loved to have seen what yeah. a version of Collateral with Sandler would would be like. Especially yeah, no, with Cruz on his fucking A game. Uh, yeah, that would that that would definitely be an interesting, you know, back and forth dichotomy. It would in an I alternate would, world I would love to see that version. Yeah, it, it, I don't I don't know. It, it would change the dynamic between the two characters somewhat. You have to make some tweaks around here and there, but I think overall, like keeping things intact that's already in it, I think it fucking works. Uh, yeah. I think it'd be interesting to say the least, especially circa two thousand four. You know, we're not talking releasing it now. We're talking eighteen that, years when, yeah, ago. Yeah, when 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 Adam Sandler was known for you know dick and fart jokes and you know his his frat boy movies that everybody you know were playing himself but with fake breasts. Right. So no, that would that would definitely be neat to see. I mean, well, let's let's face it. It, it, it wasn't too long after this he was originally cast as Donnie Donowitz in the Bear Joe. And had to back out and gave it up to Eli Roth. He was cast at that. Yeah, you didn't know that. Uh, I thought. Yeah, it was... that was t- that. Well, not not so much cast, but like it was like Tarantino wanted him. He wrote the role for Sandler. Right. And like I'm sure Sandler just they they couldn't come together. Obviously, probably because of scheduling or whatever. I can't see Sandler turning down the role of Donnie Donowitz. But when I was watching *Inglorious Bastards* yesterday, I thought about you know, yeah, I appreciate Eli Roth. You know what he did with the part, but I can only imagine what Sandler would have done with the Bear Jew role. You never knew that he was... That I knew was he like, was talking. I knew that was like... That was, Tarant- that's what, was Tarantino. I didn't know he was him. actually offered. It's, yeah, Tarantino wrote the part, and I think they were like, he was like, I want Sandler. You know, I wrote this for, you know, Sandler's playing Donowitz. So, yeah, I mean, obviously with Uncut Gems, we see, you know, the spectrum of, you know, what the guy can do. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Punch Drunk Love that I can't get into that, that, that you see. 
you know that was one that everybody talks where like he broke out of his comedy mold um for, for me that would have been rain over me um i really you know that's a little underrated gem in my opinion mm-hmm. um I, I i like that it's 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 heartwarming it kind of brings a tear to your eye um but yeah you're right i would have loved to see him share the screen with Cruz and these two you know as these two characters too that would be interesting Although if you could if you could recast Vincent, who would you? Who would there be anybody you would put in the role of Vincent? Um, not recast, but if Cruz would have passed, who would you? Who would you have put in there? I don't know. I'd have to put myself back in two thousand four. Yeah, right. And, you got to like think, think back in that mind because at the time, I think one of the selling points was Tom Cruise playing a bad guy. Oh shit! Let's see what this is about. You know. I mean, because what, he was coming off of The Last Samurai? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, that film kind of bored me, too. I like The Last Samurai. Did you? Mm-hmm. I've only seen it the one time. Um, it was it was okay, it was, but I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know. There's nothing really ever stood out to me about it. Like, it's, it's not something I'll, you know, probably ever seek out, you know, unless you make me do it for the show. <laughs> no, I can promise you there's. We're not good, doing the last Samurai not an episode, on right? On it. it's, it's, I don't think it's episode worthy either, right? So yeah, you're right. I think he was he was coming off a of last Samurai, and obviously, I'm sure he wanted to work with Michael Mann. All right. Well, this episode is sponsored by what else? Of course, it's sponsored by the Yellow Cab Taxi Service. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I, th- I was hoping it was going to be Yellow Cab. Getting you to your destination in no time flat. <laughs> Need a ride? Call Johnny Taxi. Get picked up today. All ask, that, for, ask for Max. Yeah, all that being said. Future proprietor of Island Limos. Film definitely gets this, the film effects seal of approval. And that will bring things home for this edition. One now and many more to follow. If you enjoyed this episode and want to continue to support the show, then please do so by leaving a five-star rating and positive review. It helps with the algorithm and it helps us grow and... We just love hearing from you guys, like I mentioned before. Uh, while you're at it, check out our website, podpage.com, where you'll find our ever-growing collection of previous episodes. And, I don't know, pick up some merch. Yeah, pick up some merch. tpublic.com yeah. slash user slash film effect podcast. Shirts, cases, bags, bunch of shit. Check it out. Do yeah, we, we got, got like phone? Do we got like cell phone cases and shit? We do. No shit. And stickers. Yes. And yeah, there you go, gang. Sl- slap the film effect logo on your new iPhone 17 or whatever the fuck they're up to now. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So next week, we're finally getting the fucking last action hero. <laughs> that was supposed to be this week, but we, you, me, and Justin, spoiler alert, Justin's on the episode, uh, but we recorded it differently, and the editing is taking me longer than normal. So I substitute collateral and made that the uh, episode of the week. So next yeah, I'm, I'm, week, the, the gang, be- I'm I'm majorly responsible for that. Bought a new microphone, didn't have the, didn't quite have the settings right, so it, it added a little bit more for you know, put a little bit more work on my partner's end here. So minor yeah. setbacks, yeah, minor setbacks. Minor Ed, you setbacks. Know, Ed, Ed uses gray matter to, you know, to work his magic and figure out, you know, figure out a workaround. But most of that's on me because I had a new mic and, you know, I didn't quite have it set up. So, yeah, know, it's, properly. it's recorded. No more setbacks. <laughs> Last action's finally coming. Yeah. I, just, I added I added to my man's workload, which so, I didn't intend worry. to do. It's coming for the 2% looking forward to it. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, You'll it's like not it. bad. All right. We had fun. So, until then, take us out. All righty, gang. So, until next time, and now we'll see you again when those theater lights go dim and the opening credits begin to roll.
Uh, guys, yeah, thank you so much for listening, tuning in, checking us out. Uh, can't thank you guys enough, sincerely. So, until next time, it has been fun, but now it is done. See you. Thank you later!